Hi, hello, how are you? Thanks for stopping by. Today we're going to talk to some real people about some real things, living real lives, doing real stuff. This is the Working Perspectives Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied by my heterosexual life partner, party boy Pete McCormick. And our special guest today is the one and only Carly Myers. Party boy Pete, you ready to get this thing going? Maddie, Maddie, boom, baddie. Let's get started, buddy. Perfect. You can find us on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast and join us on the Twitter and the Tiki Talk at Working P Pod. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, feel free to email us at workingperspectives at gmail.com. All right, let's get this thing started. Let's go. It's all objective to be effective by voice and societies. Working perspectives, exploring your day and how you get paid. Launching a new episode every Tuesday. Party boy Pete McCormick. How are what you, my friend? What's going on, Maddie? So, I know you heard the news two weeks ago. We got pirated again by some scumbag asshole jerk, some bastard jerk beard son of a bitch. And he set a date. He finally manned up. He was running scared for weeks. Then he finally manned up and he set a date for the challenge. The challenge will take place. So, do we have a date? Yeah, well, Do we I have, have a date. date. Have I a mean, date. You, you get a plus two, you know? I get plus, a, oh, all right. Yeah, plus one wasn't good enough for old party boy. You get a plus two. All right, that's what I like to hear. Yeah, so uh, we have a date, October 2nd. We're finalizing location. We're pretty sure it's going to be the Graham's Pub, Land of the Free, Home of the Brave. Uh, we're going to have the Twitch match there with some other things going down, obviously. We're going to try and do some uh, lead-up stuff prior to the showdown uh, where I can win my show back. Because that son of a bitch stole the rights to my show. That's right, Matt. You know what? It's a it's a Jocktober to get rid of the jerk, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what we're doing. Jocktober, get rid of the jerk, fear the jerk, wrath of the jerk, volume two. So nice. All right. So now that people know that October second is where I'm winning the rights back to my show, because this is my goddamn show. That's right, Matt. You build it. Yeah, I build it, and they will come eventually. Mm-hmm. Somebody, who knows. But that's right. This is my idea. That's what she said. I, yeah, that's I mean, that's what she's still trying to say. But <laughs> this was my idea. This is our brainchild. This is our child that we birthed together, Party Boy Pete. So there's no- I, I, we, we nurse this with our own bosoms. Yeah, plentiful, plentiful nursing. Either way. So let's get this thing started. So today on the show, we have the illustrious Carly Myers. All right. Ah. So, Party Boy Pete, uh, Carly Myers, you and me both know, we went to school with her back in the day. She was a athletic phenom and superstar, as everybody knows. Kind of a celebrity, no big deal. Our first real get on the show. Don't, you know, don't build her up too much, but probably the biggest guest we'll ever have. 
So I I she, I think she may have beaten me in a swimming contest one time, Matt. If I don't remember correctly, I I remember uh, being the referee or the umpire for that swimming contest, and I do believe it was a disqualification because she cheated. That is true. That is true. Yeah. So technically, you won, even though you lost, but you won because you know cheaters never win. Jump the gun. Can't jump the gun. Can't jump the gun if you're a cheater. So. Uh, either way, so I wanted to bring her on because uh, there's very, uh, I feel like, you know, we've been around for a little bit, obviously not as much as some of our guests have been around, you know, uh, but we've seen a couple things and when you know when you see a good person. So uh, I do want to bring this up because it's been brought up on the show a couple times and I'm talking about the scavenger hunt. Oh, <laughs> all right. One of my favorite topics. Oh, everybody does. So uh, for our listeners, they'll know, they'll remember from, I think it was the Burn Podcasty episode where I told the story of when I ripped an air conditioner out of a window. and uh, It shouldn't and, have been sitting there. Right. It, you know, it was 200 points in the scavenger hunt. So, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But so I will tell this. So. Uh, what happened was, is that there's a bunch of us hanging out and I had had the bright idea after seeing the show Viva La Bam, they had a scavenger hunt on Viva La Bam. So I set up a scavenger hunt. We have like a couple of rival neighborhoods. One of them's N-Dub, one of them's Towie's, you know, Hatfield, all that stuff. So we're in Lansdale and I set up a scavenger hunt where it's like you steal a mailbox. It's like 200 points. You steal whatever it's, you know, 500 points. If you steal a doghouse, it was a thousand points, right? Oh, yeah. So uh, either way, we 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 all left at a certain time. Each team had a car. Carly was a driver for one of ah. those teams. Yeah, unfortunately. And then Carly you, Vin Diesel Myers over there. Yeah. So and then we had like a home base where you can go steal stuff and then you can bring it back. You had like four hours, and there were two teams. And it, I'm not gonna lie, like. We were we were all under drinking age, but we were all very competitive at the time. So there oh, was yeah. like a lot of like we were like prepping for like major arguments and fights and like <laughs> all this stuff, right? Even though at the end no one really cared who won, yeah. <laughs> you know. Right? It's not like, like you were using that air conditioner later on. No one got no, to take it home. <laughs> no, my mom was actually like really pissed when the next day she went in the garage and she was like what the fuck is all of this are you fucking kidding me right but i i will say this and i didn't say it on the uh the burn box episode i did mention that i stole two license plates off of two different cars that night i returned (laughs) but i returned both of the license plates later an honorable gesture man an honorable gesture right Uh, once i found out it was a felony I was like, (laughs) unfortunately, the mailboxes didn't get returned, but you know, I didn't steal those. So either way, um, we're, so we're there, we're going like, we're hours into the scavenger hunt. You should have seen the amount of shit piling up in my mom's garage, air conditioners for sale signs. Uh, I remember I tore my shirt, uh, ripping, a schmale schmocks out of a out of a out of a yard um we had like oh god like a bunch of like uh like hazard stuff so like yeah. uh, there was like one of those stands with like a blinking light on it some cones a barrel like all of these things obviously license plates things like that 
But the one thing, thing living though, right? You didn't get any little people or dogs or anything now? <laughs> no, 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 no. We are I mean, they were all members of our team. So <laughs> but either way, eventually there's a uh event one of the biggest things we wanted to get because it was the most points. I do remember this. The doghouse was the most points. It was like it was like a thousand points. It was a lot, right? So we had had our stuff and we were searching like, dude, we were like, it's four hours. I think we were doing this. We're driving everywhere. We're doing everything. We could not for the life of us get a doghouse. There was a couple times where I was just like, Alex, drop me off here. Right. And I just went and like stole a bunch of stuff and made my way back to the house. Right. So eventually we're passing this other team. Right. And all of a sudden we hear, I, I hear like we're in our car and we hear them and we're like, you know, trying to like, you know, because you can steal stuff from the other team unless they put it yeah. back at the home base kind of thing. So I hear someone say they got the doghouse, right? And I'm like, oh, fuck, doghouse? Game changer? <laughs> so that's when I saw, look down the street. I jump out of the car, look down the street and see former guest of the show, friend of the show, Rocco DeFinis carrying a doghouse, <laughs> right? I then run, take the doghouse from him, Right. He then tackles me while carrying the doghouse. And I think Sweet Mama Cheesecake grabs the doghouse and gets the doghouse back to the house, you know, and we got the points. But I will say it was it was a time, quite a time. There's more stories to be had from the scavenger hunt, but we'll just leave the doghouse one because that involves old Big Mouth Myers there giving it up <laughs> that they had the doghouse. So She's doing great now. She's a business owner. She's a mom. Ah. She's a wife. She's a physical trainer. You know, all these great things. And she's doing really well. Happy to have her. And I just like to ask, uh, Carly, have you seen the movie Bohemian Rhapsody? And if yes, what do you think of that piece of shit movie? Hey, everyone. Um, yes, I did see the movie. And to be honest, I liked it. Oh, that's right. One for the good guys. Finally, am I so welcome on the show just because I like it? Yes. Come on, he did a good job. Wow. Wow. Carly, the teeth, the mouth, the singing, the mannerisms. I felt like I was at Live Eight. I mean, seriously, it was spot on. Thank I'm with you, Pete. Wow. You're the only one, apparently. That's (sighs) no, that can't be true. It isn't true, but I wish it was. (laughs) But either way, how are you, Carly? Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm great. Great, great. Glad to hear. So, um, I, you know, like I said, you're owning your own business. Well, let's give a quick shout out. What is the name of your your gym or your physical training center? Or I don't know what it specifically is called. What is it it's, called? It's called a gym. Um, it. It's a real, I'm gonna write this down, okay, because it's really um, unique. It's called Carly Myers Personal Training. Uh, wow <laughs> wow needed a did you take that to, to the down. trademark office yet i i have not no one's pirated my name yet but um Watch yeah out, no pirates. i i call it a gym or i call it like a training studio it's small mm, i like it very nice i know uh gym is short for gymnasium so That's there you true. go yeah some of us know big words i don't know if you that, know that is uh german for uh i work out a lot <laughs> So, okay, perfect. So glad to hear that Carly Myers personal training. Is that right? That is correct. Yes. Wow. All right. So for all you listeners out there to the dozens and dozens of working perspectives podcast listeners looking to get some, looking to get some good personal training in, uh, find our friend Carly Myers at Carly Myers personal training. 
And we'll have a link for all her stuff in the description of this episode. So make sure you check it out. So, all right. So we know you're doing great, all this fun stuff, but we got some good shit we want to get into. So I want to move on to the hot segment, Hitting the Streets. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. I'm talking about memory lane. Where do these bizarre memories come from? So in English, if you say this is lame, when you're describing something, uh, what you are saying is that it's not cool, it's not awesome, uh, it's not interesting. All right, so that's memory lame as in L-A-M-E, as in not cool, like you. Car- oh, you son of a bitch. So uh, lame as in not cool. So what we're going to do is we're going to bring up a topic from the 90s, we're going to discuss it. Then we're going to vote to see if that topic is still totally radical tubular bruh or if it's lame city. So, Carly, uh, being that you're the guest, as tradition, you bring up the memory lame topic for today. Uh, Does it have to be lame? Or what if I think it's cool? Is that all right? That's No, no oh. that's that's the entire point. Yeah. Okay. We, <laughs> I got it. Okay. Sorry. I blew it. Um, my memory lane is a show. Is that Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's, it's uh, real quick. So it's your memory lame. Like, excuse me, lame. my memory yeah. lame. Yeah, is family double dare. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Breaking out the big guns. Okay, hold on, hold on. Yeah, that's not just that is okay. Family double dare. <laughs> Mark Summers, right? Is he the host? Uh, Mark Summers. I believe so. Wow. Last time I Absolutely. checked. Absolutely. Philadelphia native Mark Summers, is that true? He so. is a Philadelphia native. Oh, Philadelphia native. He actually yearly still hosts what he calls Dunkle Dare at a uh, down in Fishtown at a place called uh, what the what the hell is the name of that that uh, that beer garden uh, Frankfurt Hall. So normally in July he goes down there and he gets all these people to reenact Double Dare down there. What? Oh my god! Yeah. I'm gonna have to look this up, oh, dude. Every year this was the first year they didn't do it because of COVID. But yeah, for like. The last couple of years, he's been doing it uh, maybe like five or six years. Man. That's How cool. Many, that's one of those shows. So like Double Dare, Family Double Dare, Legends of the Hidden Temple, Guts, like all of those shows are like you watch them and you're like, God, I wish I was on that show. Like immediately. Mm-hmm. And also, was it me or was the prizes for Double Dare always a pair of Reebok sneakers? <laughs> I do not remember that. <laughs> I think all I remember is like, and today's prize is, and it'd be like these sneakers on top. Uh, oh, to who I love. Oh man, I can't. I mean, if I it was it. pumps, then it's absolutely worth it. Yeah, I agree. I wish I had a pair of pumps. If they had pumps, I'm buying them. So, all right, nice. So, family double dare. So, how do you think? Because how many people are you supposed to have on your team? Is it like four or five? I think it's four or two. Four. It's either two or I think you either work in partners or four. Well, I think it's four for like the panel and then two for the obstacle courses and the games, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's correct. Nice. All right. Nice. Pete, who out of you're one of so I guess there's six kids, but eight people total in your family. So who are the four you're going with for family double there? Oof. I, I, I gotta go with uh obviously me, because right. I'm the best one you're by the far. Captain. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You're an Adonis. I got to go with Jimmy because he's skinny and wiry. You know, he, yep. can, he can get into things. And um, there's that one where you have to slide through the mouth, like down the tongue and then find mm-hmm. the flag and the thing. Yeah. So that Jimmy. Yeah. And the nostril. Oh, yep. the nostril too. Oh my God. Jimmy, 
He's the national guy. I got to go with Mama McCormick because uh, she's yeah. frightening and, and she could yeah. put everybody in their place if they tried to mess with me. Yeah, yeah. She's very and, intimidating. And last one, I, I got to go with Trish the Dish. She was a litigator. I was going to say Trish, too. And Trish was a heck of a swimmer, too. Shout out to She swimmers. was. That's yeah. something I'm going to bring up with Carla later on. <laughs> oh, we're going to – oh, don't get it twisted. We do a lot of high school wrestling talk on this show. But I know that we're going to get in some deep high school sports talk with some swimming today. I know oh, we yeah. are. So, okay. So, yeah, pretty badass. I know for me, I don't have much of a choice. Obviously, it would be me, asshole, uh, probably my old man, and eh, probably Psycho, too. Psycho is probably pretty good. Yeah, the four of us would probably rip house. So, nice. All right. So, all right, good deal. Great suggestion. So, let's do some voting on it. So, uh, Carly... Your thoughts is family double there rad or lame? Absolutely rad. Right. Yep. Peter Hosen. You know, I want to go rad on this map, but thinking about this dunkle dare, I was never able to make it because it was during tax season. So I missed five dunkle dares. And now I'm a little depressed about it. So I'm going lame on it. Wow. (laughs) That doesn't seem fair. Wow. 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 You know what? Life isn't fair. Yeah. And neither was double dare. Do you still still trust his opinion (laughs) on uh, Bohemian Rhapsody or does this change anything? No, I'm, I'm still with Pete on that. I won't fault him for that. <laughs> well, I'm going to give it, it's going to get two out of three for the rad because Family Double Dare is fucking awesome. And Mark Summers, shout out, Philadelphia native Mark Summers. So nice. All right, perfect. So that was another rousing segment of Memory Lane. All right, for all you listeners out there, if you want to send in your suggestions for Memory Lane, please do so at workperspectives at gmail.com or hit us up on the Twitter at working p pod or on instagram at works effects podcast all right so i want to do another memory lane but we're not gonna because we got some heavy shit to get into and i'm super freaking excited about it so our guest today carly aaron myers was born and raised in the land of the free and the home of the brave lansdale pennsylvania what do you know to be confused with lansdown the crappy one don't think about lansdale the good one yeah the dale yeah Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. Eldale, for sure. Eldale living for life. So Like Chippendale Rescue Rangers. That's how you remember it. Hell yeah. Chippendale, Eldale. Land of the free, home of the brave. Oh, so, I know all the words to Chippendale. Okay. Do you? <laughs> I do. Physical challenge? You want a physical challenge right now? I think we have to hear this challenge? now. <laughs> physical challenge? Well, who's going to challenge me? I mean, I'm challenging you. Do you know? Do you really know all the words to Chippendale's Rescue Rangers theme song? Um... Sometimes some crimes go slipping through the cracks, but these two gum shoes are picking up the slack. There's no case too big, no case too small. If you need help, just call. There you go. Wow. Wow. Oh, All right. Hey. Physical challenge. Wow. I'm going to That is any- rad. That I'm going to ask rad. that any music producers listening, please don't come after me all at once, okay? I know we my voice know, is good. Yeah. We all know who the new voice of the Work Perspectives theme song is going to be. <laughs> tell you that right now. Ooh. Wow, that was fantastic. Absolutely right. fantastic. Okay. Nailed it. Nailed it. Okay, so let's get into a little history about our good friend Carly Meyer. So Carly went public school, K through 12. Then she went to Indiana University of Pennsylvania for college, where she went on a swimming scholarship. Uh, she ran track until middle school. She played the flute in elementary school and middle school. 
and was pretty, pretty good. But as far when it comes to sports, right, there's one sport and one sport only. Well, two, I guess, but they're both pool based. But swimming and water polo were your bread and your butter. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about let's get the small shit out of the way first. Then we'll get to the main course. So track. What events were you doing in track? (laughs) Um, I mean, I guess if it's worth bringing up, I was a miler. And wow. Look at you. I ran, I don't even know. I ran like a couple hurdle races, but on my last one, I, I bit the dust big time. I got my foot caught mm. and I fell down. Ooh, super embarrassing. But other than that, I ran the 400 a couple times, 800, but yeah. I was primarily the mile. Wow. That's badass. I will say this. So, uh, when I was still fighting, right. Uh, for like, I had had like a fight, a couple fights, and then I had had a loss. And then after the loss, I was really pissed because I feel like I lost because of my conditioning. So instead of hiring a conditioning coach, I had asshole be my conditioning coach. And <laughs> what he would do, and I'll tell you this for any of you guys out there trying to get your conditioning up, it fucking worked because I've had a bunch, and Carly, you can speak to this because I've had a bunch of trainers and a bunch of coaches where it's like, not every day is your best day. And even like I coach, like, you know, when I'm training kids in boxing and things like that, there are some days where like, all right, you kind of got to give them like some days you're fucking hard on them, you know, like giving it to them. But there's some days where it's like, all right, let them do their thing. Like they're working through it. But when it's with a family member, they just don't give a shit. And they're really fucking their assholes. Would you say like, would you agree with that, Carly, where there's like some days where it's like, okay, they're trying, but maybe today's not their day. So maybe not, you know, maybe not crush them as bad, but then there's yeah, you gotta read them a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like when it comes to, when it comes to personal training, the relationship you build with the client is the most important thing. Obviously results and everything like that is huge, but you have to build a personal relationship. They have to like you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think you would agree. Or at least so, respect you. Yeah. So that being said, uh, me and asshole would meet at Roxborough, the Roxborough High School Park or the track. Right. And he would we would run. So I'd have to run a 400 in like I think it was like a minute and 10 seconds. Right. And if I didn't get it, then I'd have to run it again. Then I'd have to run an 800 and it was like two minutes and 30 seconds or something like that. Right. And then a 300 would be like 345. So I think I had to do a mile in like, I think it was like under five, I think, or something along those lines, something like fucking ridiculous. And I remember doing it and I was like, he was timing it. And I was so fucking close to hitting the mile at the time I wanted. And I didn't get it. And I fucking freaked out. And I was like, you're a fucking liar. I know I fucking did it. I'm not fucking running it again. Fuck you. Fuck you. I'm fucking done. Fuck you. I knew I shouldn't have fucking had, you know? And then he's like, all right, we're running bleachers. And I'm like, God damn you. But then either way, I mean, I won the next few fights. So either way, the conditioning fucking works. I, you know, it is what it is. But Carly, uh, when you were running the mile, what did you think? Mm-hmm. How, what did you like about track? what did you learn? Why were you doing it? Was it to stay in shape for swimming? Like, what was the deal? Uh, no, it was to get, it was to get away from swimming. Uh, oh, I, I wasn't, no, I was a year round swimmer. So track, I was, you know, I was good at those like individual, but still on a team type sports. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I was a, I was a pretty decent runner. So I liked, I liked beating people. So I was, it was easy to see when I, when I was beating someone. 
So you got yeah. tired of beating the people in the swim team. You're like, I need some new fish. I need, yeah, I, I needed some, I needed some fresh meat, I guess. Do you, would you say you were comfortable? Like you're obviously when you're swimming in your track, you're running against other people, but really your main competitor is the clock, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So would you say like, that's something you were already comfortable with, with like the idea oh, yeah. of like, you knew like, okay, my goals are I'm trying to get, you know, a split second faster every day. Like you knew like that part of the training and what it took to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's the part I like the best running against the clock. Yeah. Cause with other people, I mean, whatever, you know, you're going to run into those Usain Bolts out there and there's Michael Phelps, but when you have like your every day is a personal goal of going against the clock, that makes it a big difference. That's Mm -hmm. pretty cool. I like that. Swimming's also, I'll tell you, I, I will say this. As far as like when it comes to like wrestling and boxing, obviously like you know and like MMA, they hold the they hold the trophy for like the toughest shit. But don't fucking sneeze at swimming. Swimming <laughs> is some tough fucking shit. Yeah, I'm- I I I, I want to hop in here, man, real quick, because like I know like uh I don't think I don't if I don't know if people realize how intense North Penn swimming is and Oof. how good it is because like Oof. you know like people say like oh like we're wrestling centric, so we say wrestling is you know the Navy SEALs of, of high school sports. But the team that was always there doing the two days with us, like the swim team was always there in the morning. Mm-hmm. They was always there after, like it was like they were the ones that were there all the time. And that's yeah. why they were always at the top of the podium. Yeah. It's because they put in more work than any of the other teams at the high school. I, 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 Pete, I could not agree more. So let's move on then. So you did track and all that. You played the flute like a stunad. But either way, <laughs> your, your life, right? And you're, like you said, it was year round. So that's another thing swimming had in common with wrestling so wrestling's mm-hmm. year-round swimming's year-round for swimming you guys were there like we were we would practice in the morning we would run stairs you guys are in the pool in the morning doing your you know your laps and all that stuff right so like you guys were working just as hard also i feel like swimming got hit with maybe not so much as title nine but for wrestling there's not so many places you can go like it's not like football or basketball where it's like there's a million schools you can go and play at and get scholarships with for wrestling it's really limited and i don't know if it's much for swimming but i feel like there is kind of like like you know it's definitely not as prevalent as a basketball or football so you guys you're working doubly hard we will say this uh the swimming the swimming at uh at the school we were at at north penn was top notch so mm-hmm. let's get into that so when did you start swimming carly uh like in life i started yes. when i was I guess my first year on it. Yeah. I mean, my first year on a team, I was five. Oh, wow. Okay. So Um, what, what do you think kind of led you towards swimming? Um, so my mom was already a swim coach, so whether or not I had a choice, I'm not sure. Um, (laughs) but uh, I mean, obviously it paid off, but, um, so yeah, I mean, I took my first lesson at under a year and I was on a team at five and, Never look oh, back, wow. I guess. So, you th- so okay, so you started swimming at five. So was your mom the coach of your five-year-old team? Yeah, so in swimming, it's, it's age group is the same. So swimming goes from five to high school. I mean, and then you get oh. into your high school sports and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But age group is, is all ages. It's not by weight or age or whatever. It's just the whole thing. Yeah. So, so yeah, she was my age group of, yeah. coach in the summer and the, and the winter. They were two separate teams. Did you like swimming or was this something that, cause I know for wrestling, Pete liked it cause he's fucking really good at it. But for me, it turned into a job kind of thing, which was really disparaging after a while. Was that, would you say, did you ever feel that way with swimming or you were like, 
you were very, very successful at it. And you knew like, I have a future here. Like this is kind of like when you're, when you were training for swimming, even at a young age, you had to have it in your mind where like, this is what I'm going to use to get to college. Right. Was that ever a thought? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I think I knew pretty early on that. I mean, like I said, I mean, I was pretty successful in swimming and yeah, I'm very successful. I, think, I would say, don't be modest. You're very, successful. I think, I think that it, um, I think that was enjoyable, you know, and then when you get to high school, like people start catching up, right? Like they're as tall as yeah. you, they're as fast as you, they're as strong as you. So yeah. I think then my mindset changed to, you have to stay above those people and stay ahead of those people. Cause, yeah. um, and then once I got to high school, yeah, it was all about, it did become like a job, but at the same time, I wasn't going to quit something that gave me other opportunities like college. You know, yeah. that was a huge, um, you know, I knew I was going to swim in school no matter where I went. I had, I had to, I wanted to, I wanted to more than I had to, but yeah, I had to also. I feel like, so for wrestling, there's a saying, uh, wrestling is training for the rest of your life. And from what I've seen with swimming, mm-hmm. it's very much kind of the same thing. Like, you know, yeah, I like, this, like you're year round, but you know, like you're, you have to be so committed and you're doing all like your, your training and even like, you know, it's it, like we had some like like some weird snafus that we would do like 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 I don't know I don't think Pete ever did but I did a bunch of times where you'd shave your legs as a wrestler like a male wrestler <laughs> right but then I know for the men and the women swimmers you're not shaving your legs the whole year right the and this whole is like year. a this is like a thing for all of swimming where it's, it's a like, thing for the guys yeah. obviously it doesn't matter but yeah. But yeah, so, but you're not shaving your legs for the whole year. And mm-hmm. then when it comes time for postseason, you guys. Need that drag. Exactly. And it, and it did work though. It did help, right? Yeah. I mean, it helped. I mean, I think a lot of it, at least for me, I think what most people would say, it's like a mind over matter thing. Yeah. Like if yeah. you're really good, you jump in the pool. It's like, you know. Yeah. Water's it's just, nice. Yeah. It's all, it's, yeah. It's a for nice rest- uh, wrap up to the yeah. season to feel it kind of, it's also helps from mental pep- preparation. It's kind yeah. of like, it like it's mental. kind of, a, yeah, but it's also kind of like a fun thing you would do. Like, bef- like, cause there's a lot of pressure going into the postseason, So you need something to kind of break, break the tension a little bit. Right. And, and in the back of your mind, you're like, I did every, there's nothing I didn't do. There's nothing yes. that my opponent did that, that I didn't do. So you, like, I, I could be as prepared as I could be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Okay. So you started swimming at five. When did you start competing in swimming? Like, when does that start? You you can start that young, like if you're ready to, you know, again, like swimming is one of those things where there's, um, it's kind of boring as a, as a coach, um, as an, <laughs> as an athlete, it's not, but you know, there's multiple heats of things. So it's not just, you know, one, you know, in your guy's mind, like, it's not just like one person shows up for that weight class. You could have 20 swimmers doing the same event and it takes five heats to get there. So yeah. it drags on. So Whoa. And just to cut, so Carly, are you familiar with uh, any of the, the Jersey swimming? Yeah, I used to coach in, in New Jersey, yeah. So when I was a kid, I swam for a club called the Pheasant Run Flyers. And they were, like, really good. They were undefeated for a while. And, uh, like, Is they were kind of like psychotic. It was a summer team, yeah. I think they were yeah. the Wahoos. I think they all swam for the Wahoos in the winter. I was not right, very yeah. good. I Yeah. I kept getting DQ'd whenever I tried to do butterflies, so I never actually finished a race. <laughs> But I remember one time Elmer Ganty actually talked about it on the on this because he like he, like Elmer Ganty from WIP talked to, to a meet, and uh, we would come out to every single uh, 
match, uh, blaring "We will rock you." And then after the end, when we would blow them out of the water, we would end it with a "We are the champions." And like that, like so, the scrimming mentality was pretty nuts over there. Yeah, it, it's New Jersey's probably the same as Pennsylvania, where it, it kind of like runs the club. Club swimming runs the gamut in New Jersey for sure. Pennsylvania is more high school, but yeah. So well, so also, but but it is to be said. So you're calling it summer swimming because we're in Pennsylvania in the Northeast. You can't fucking swim outside in the winter, right? So (laughs) you guys are, so what is, was there regulations like that when you were a kid? Like if it was a, so, okay. So like, let's say for this week, like earlier this week, it was like 80s, 90s. Then it gets down to like the 60s. Is swimming off that day, right? Or what's going on? No, no, (laughs) no. No, I mean, swimming doesn't start until, I mean, yeah, it doesn't matter if it's raining. I mean, as long as it's not lightning, you're swimming. At least that's how my mom ran things, so. Nice. And then in the wintertime, when summer's over, you start a whole new season. Do the same freaking thing. Let's get into this, because this is something I've seen this, and it's fucking intense. So let's start at the, the, uh, let's say, we'll start in like, when you were in middle school, there's no middle school swim team. It's, you were swimming club still then, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I've seen, so for wrestling, we have entrances, right? And like some of them can be very fucking cool and very intimidating. And people put like a lot of effort into it, which is like, yeah. to be fair, it, and it helps because it's like, it's all, it's a big mental part of it too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if you're like a small school, you go to this big place with this huge gym and they have like the lights down and a DJ and, and smoke and people running out and like this real intimidating thing. Like oh, it does make a difference. Yeah. And, but so for from when you're in club, is there like a like an entrance kind of chanting thing that you would do in club or what? Um, not not so much in club. No, I mean we had cheers and stuff, which sounds kind of lame, but um, not... but I mean we had we had cheers that would you know kind of pump us up, like team cheers and yeah, you know he said she said like back and forth like things that would pump us up. Yeah. I mean in high school, like when you got to postseason, and then in college, like you know, when I was at, you know, in, um, conferences or NCAAs or whatever, you do that. Right. If you're cool with talking about this. So you're swimming, you're coming up, obviously your mom was the coach and Mm -hmm. was everybody knew her. Right. And everybody Mm -hmm. knew you were her daughter. Was there like a certain amount of pressure that you felt like having to fill the shoes of being the coach's daughter? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I, I also, it's tough being a coach's kid. It's really yeah. tough. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was a jackass kid. Like I was a, I was a brat. <laughs> so I yeah. caused the most trouble. I, it, I got yelled at the most, not because my mom was hard on me because I was a jackass, but, yeah. um, but on the other side of things, like there were definitely higher expectations, you know, work yeah. harder. Don't be the last one in the pool, which I always was, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Those kinds of things, but I think you know, performing wise, I, I, I did well. So yeah, um, you lived up to it for sure. Yeah, there's still yeah. like, even if you were doing well, I think there's probably like a stigma of like you feel like, oh, I'm still like, you know, you it wears, have yeah, that. it wears on you a little bit. I think by the time I got to college, you know, I mean my or high school, uh, my mom wasn't around when I got to high school, but mm-hmm. um, there was still like the pressure, you know once you do well, people expect you to keep doing well and to just yes. kind of manage that. So yeah. Yeah. It, uh, so, it adds up. So, okay. So are you cool? Yeah. All right. So 
when you're in ninth grade, right, you start mm-hmm. swimming for the high school team, right? Yes. Okay. So then was your mom still there when you were in ninth grade? Oh, uh, when I started ninth grade, yeah. She, okay. yeah, she died in the middle of ninth grade, like right at the end of my season. All right. Almost. So that, so you were 14? Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, yeah, uh, August. So, okay. So you're 14, right? You have a younger sister. Mm-hmm. You're in the middle of like, you know, your mom who's been there pretty much every day, your whole life. And I unfortunately never got to meet her, but from what I heard, very, very, very nice lady, but a very like no nonsense lady from what I heard as well. Right. No nonsense is a nice <laughs> way of putting it. Yeah. So, well, uh, there's a of, reason why Carly became as good as she became. Yeah. Correct. Well, correct. <laughs> but that kind of stuff as a parent, tough love is, is a thing. Like, Okay, so and I yeah, said it was it was the, good tough love for sure. Yes, and I and like obviously there and we've talked about it on the show. There's instances where it can be like parents can go overboard for sure, but I feel like there are instances where you can't coddle your kid either. Like, and I've brought this up on the show, being that I'm a parent, and I'm not saying I'm a good parent. I'm actually probably a really bad one, but my wife is a really <laughs> good one. Right? Oh, yeah, that's, that's probably true. But one thing I will say is that like and this is kind of a metaphor in a way where like if my kid falls down if she's not hurt she has to pick herself back up and that's not me being a dick that's me letting her learn how to pick herself back up and i feel like your mom kind of had that mentality would you say that yeah yeah and, uh, she yeah. Was and a- not just with me with everybody like yeah didn't carrie have a story about her where like she wanted to quit swimming or something and your mom told her your mom told her if she quit swimming she would make her she would ruin her life or something like that I I don't I don't remember what happened but I mean that happened with a lot of people but probably her too because that came up a lot but um yeah she didn't let you if 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 my mom knew that she didn't let you quit there was not a chance in hell that you were going to quit if she found out I would love that that's a great that's a great coach and a great, you know, like a great parent yeah. too. That is a great thing. Cause that's something like, I, I always thought too, like, I hope this is how it works out with my kid. Like, okay. If, if my daughter wants to try a sport, right. And she does a sport and she doesn't say it's like softball. Right. And she does it like for the year and she doesn't like it. That's fine. But you're not quitting middle of the season and banning your team and your teammates. Right? Oh, That's not acceptable. You yeah. can finish the year and you don't have to play it again. But if you commit to doing something, you need to finish it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, like, I think that's kind of what your mom's mentality was. Yeah. Or at least that's what it seems like. So yeah. I think sometimes you like, we, like, we do talk about like sometimes where coaches are too hard and we like that does happen, but it is also important to point out like a good coach can have a huge impact on the rest yeah. of your life. And yeah, I still yeah. remember, you know, the good coaches like, you know, that had an impact on my life. And I think back and I'm like, you know what, like if, if, if that person wasn't in my life, would I turn out to be the man I am today? And and the answer yeah. is probably not, you know, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we, we're all uh, standing on the shoulders of other people. They like to say. Yeah, that's true. I mean, well, also like, Imagine, dude, remember when we were 14, like how impressionable young kids were we, you know, right. like mm-hmm. you need that kind of guidance. There's scoundrels everywhere. There's creeps <laughs> everywhere, you know, but like you also like you do need those people that can like that see potential and help you get the potential, like help work the potential out of you. And I feel like, you know, that's something like 
Like I, I know, I think I know the coach you're speaking of, Pete. Right? Castle was he one of them? Yeah, yeah. Castle and actually Mr. Fryling, but both of those. Oh, like, yeah, Mr. Fryling was my Fryling. first coach, and and then uh, and then Castle later on in high school. And both those guys had a huge impact on me, keeping me with the sport. See, that's great, man. You know, and like the fact, I bet they would love to hear that. Like that they they probably didn't know they were making such a profound effect at the time, but that's just them being good coaches. You know, man. so. Let's keep this going. Uh, okay, so Carly, you're in ninth grade, the end of your swimming season, and your mom passes, unfortunately, right? Mm-hmm. So then the next year, you kind of just stayed with swimming, right? Did you yeah. think like, did you think swimming was just like, at this time, like you had the opportunity where you could have left swimming and, you know, people would have been like, yeah, I, they understand, like, you know, it's, it's probably upsetting and all these things. Or did you use swimming as kind of like a catalyst to like remember your mom and like were there times when you were emotional at practice and stuff like like thinking like oh my mom would have done this or my mom if my mom was here we'd be doing this kind of thing did that stuff ever come up? Um, I, not so much at practice. I mean, I think once. Uh, I mean, I think for me there was it was never a question that I was going to leave swimming. Like yeah. it never. Even when I was like the sad, it never crossed my mind. Like it was, I wouldn't have known what to do without it. Um, So, and then I think, you know, but obviously there's pressure of, you don't want to look like you're falling apart. Like you want to stay. I mean, that drove me though. I mean, I didn't really hit a wall, um, which was good. But, um, and then I forget the last question you asked after that, but, oh, as far as like emotional, not really during practice, but it's more so like once you're successful. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, it's like, she's the whole reason I'm here. And, you know, you yeah. want people to see it and all the yeah. other people see it, but not the right people see it. So but they yeah, should, yeah. But honestly, that that is, but that's something, you know, and I know she saw it, you know, from wherever she was. And it's like, that's something that they need to see. And like that, that is something that you should have, you know, that's a great motivator to have. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. It was nothing but motivation for me. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, that's how I processed it, which is great. I use it as a motivator. So. Yeah. And it's tough because there is like, when you get into those scenarios, it's very much like, like when my dad passed, I was a lot older. So it was like a lot easier. I wouldn't say it was easier, but it wasn't as far as like, you're in a different season. Exactly. You're in a different time of your life where Mm -hmm. at that age you really, and my mom has said this too where it's like you really had to come together and grow up at a young age, mm-hmm. you know? So good. I mean, you know, good on you for staying committed and doing that and not falling apart. And really like, I got the swimming. Did you think like being committed and, and focusing on swimming helped you stay in like a straight lane and stay commit, like, you know, yeah. stay focused and all those things. I mean, it, you know, whether, you know, whether it means it keeps you busy, which is good or bad. I don't know. Right. Keep right. your mind off things, but it, yeah, it gives you a focus. I don't do well without structure. So Same. I think it's definitely, it, it was structure and something to, to put my mind to focus on. Great. Good. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy it worked out. And I was there, I was there at the end of it to see it and it was phenomenal. So, okay. So let's get off the sad stuff and let's move on to something else. So I have seen this and for people who don't know this, uh, a, a indoor swimming place is called a natatorium, right? <laughs> An indoor and swimming place. yep, uh, <laughs> at the indoor swimming place called a natatorium. And at our high school, we had a natatorium, and it was a heated part of the building, and it was also humid. So the wrestling team it had stands in there as well. So we would the wrestling team would go in there a lot and run so we could cut weight. 
So like mm-hmm. I would spend like whole practices in there when I would get like kicked out of practice, I would have to go in there and run, you know, all that fun <laughs> stuff. So either way, um, the, the natatorium people know this natatoriums are so fucking ungodly loud. They it's, are so loud. Oh, go they're ahead, loud Paul. and a thousand degrees. Oh, like, so the, like we said, the school we went to swimming was huge. They had like a, like the boys swimming team had a record where they didn't lose a swim meet for like 20 something years. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the girls team was also like back to back to back state champions and like all the state titles and always like ranked in the state. Like the swimming program there is the number one swimming program in the state of Pennsylvania, hands down, bar none, no questions asked. And they have been for a long, long time. So when you're there, right? Like that built with that kind of success, it builds a huge following. So it's not just the parents, Mm -hmm. like there's kids from the school, there's other teams. Like when the teams would come to our school, that's they're playing the Yankees. You know what I mean? Like our, that, that swim team was the equivalent of the Yankees. You know, they're all, I guess the word Barry said is like, whenever somebody was coming to to swim against North Penn, they were bringing their a game. They wanted to dethrone the champions. Correct. Correct. Right. They could have had an off season and beating North Penn would be their Super Bowl. Would you say that, Carly? Yeah, yeah. I Do mean, of course, think... it didn't happen, but yeah, yeah, it didn't happen. Of... <laughs> that's right. A lot of them tried, but none of them succeeded. So, but that's honestly though, when you're at a level like that, you need that type of swagger. You know what I mean? Like you need to know, yeah, we're good, and we're gonna make sure you know we're good, and we worked to be good. It's not like you got good overnight, you guys. Like we said, you were there in the mornings when we were there and you were there at night when we were there and you were there mm-hmm. all damn day. And then even after you left, right? Like I know you did like the like the the kit, like the youth program swimming and all that stuff. Like so you were just swimming 24/7, right? <laughs> 24/7, yeah. Yep. Probably one of the things that I remember from the natatorium is the smell of chlorine, you know, like nonstop. <sighs> when you like today if you smell chlorine they're like the competitive juices get going. You just punch lady next to you, like in the cleaning eye, like get out of my way. I got to get home. Yeah. I will say, okay. I never noticed it when I was in a pool my entire life. And now like if I walk by a pool, it, it like hits me in the face. I never used to notice it before, <laughs> but yeah. I think it was like in my pores though. Like when I sweat, it yeah. smelled like chlorine. I was just used to it, yeah. but it brings back some memories. It definitely does. Yeah. The same way I'm sure a smelly gym mat brings back memories for you guys, right? Yep. And yeah, and the smell of other men. You know what that does to me. Okay. Ew. <laughs> so the thing uh, is, is you can avoid the smell of Jenny, uh, smelly gym mats throughout the rest of your life. Like chlorine, you're going to encounter yeah. every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. No. Now I now I really notice it. Yeah. So, all right, nice. So I do want to talk about this. So, like we said, natatoriums are fucking louder than fuck, right? And I've been to a couple of swim meets that were like big time swim meets where like the team coming in because the, the storyline was always like, this is the team that's going to dethrone the champs. Like the, the team, the, the, the boys team will actually lose against this team. And I went to a couple of those. There weren't many, but like the aspect of the thought that they would. And then like the boys team would like just fucking sweep the diving and win every race. So it didn't fucking, you know, the other team didn't have a chance, but I did want to say that the, I don't know if both the men and the women did, but I think the girls team had like an entrance, right? And they did like a chant prior to the start of the meet. And I oh, think yeah, yeah. the away team would get in the pool and do a chant as well. So what, what what's that? So can you kind of explain what that is? Oh no, I hope. 
Well, I mean, so swimming, and I'm sure others, I mean, I know other sports have the same thing, but there's a ton of tradition. No, they don't. No, they do not. (laughs) All right. So, um, no, there's just a ton of traditions that, you know, were, you know, even, I mean, my mom's saying for the same high school, like even back in the seventies and eighties, you know, you're saying the same thing. We would, um, you're, we had a chant. It was kind of like a tribal chant and we do it in the water and jump up and down and we had spirit water and we <laughs> spirit all water all right we take water from our own pool and go to an away pool and dump it in so our <laughs> weird when I say now. <laughs> no that's great though because that's like a kind of like in your face your water isn't good enough yeah. we had to bring our own so yeah so some we, like first we nations we have to bless it we're bringing the blessed chlorine water from lansdale <laughs> so over wait, here right. would you have to travel on the bus with the spirit water yeah. So you'd be on the bus. Everyone's like touching the spirit water. Like, all right, let's go. Spirit water. Yeah, no, you, you had the spirit water and then we dump it in the pool and we'd have our little chant, <clears throat> our little cheer. What? Do you remember it? I can't remember how. I don't remember what. You already remember. did the fucking yeah, Chippendale you remember song. Chippendale yeah. Rescue Rangers, but you don't remember this chant. You, yeah, you sang I know you me. fucking remember I it. can't <laughs> help what gets stored in here, okay? You're um, no, I mean, I remember how it goes, but I don't, I, our, our, I don't, was it, I don't remember. Was how it, it goes. the boys and the girls or just the girl? Like, did you guys each do a separate one or did you do it together? Well, the girl, the, no, the girls and guys had one. Like we would do one in swimming and water polo. Like we'd link arms, we'd be in the pool. Yeah. The, the seniors would say, when I say whatever, you say whatever. And we jump up and right. down and. Yeah. And you're getting um, fucking hyped. And I remember Yeah, like, way hyped. Yeah. No, dude, the place is rocking because. I remember at North Penn, the then the stands, and your old man was the one leading the chants where they had <laughs> signs where it would be like, you know, the Penn State gimmick where it's like, we are Penn State. We are. Yeah. Right? So your dad standing up in the middle of the stands with like a sign going, we are. And the rest of the stands is like, North Penn. We are <laughs> North Penn. Right? That's like, crazy and- parents for you. <laughs> Well, like, and this is in a building where there's water, so the sound travels, and the ceiling, the way it was, is it echoes. Everything Mm -hmm. echoes. So So it was so loud. It was so incredibly, incredibly loud. But it was still fucking badass. It was really badass. The energy's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I will say, like, it's like a dude, like a big fight kind of feel. Like, it's a real deal. Like, you get fucking going. You know, like we've had Friday Night Lights and we've had Varsity Blues, but we need like Hollywood to get into like the the like high school swimming world oh. and, and bring us to it. You know, I mean, on the big it's screen. a real missed opportunity. I I agree. Yeah, I, I mean, mean we we had Swim Fan, and that's like the only movie you guys remember. Swim Fan. I yeah, do remember a, Swim Fan. Wasn't yeah, wasn't that a, like a horror flick though, where like it was like a murder? Okay, yes. it was. So it wasn't even really about swimming. But <laughs> but when we were in high school, we thought, oh, my God, somebody's fa- finally tapping into our sport. This is incredible. Yeah. Another, but it, yeah, was, a like mur- it was a murder movie. Just another, <laughs> just another thing swimming and wrestling have in common because there's only one wrestling movie, and it's oh, called God. Vision Quest, and it's incredible. Vision Quest. And it's about a 23-year-old woman uh, sexually assaulting a 17-year-old boy on the wrestling team. <laughs> Every, every when you break it down, <laughs> every seventeen-year-old boy's dream come true. He beats a, a roided-out, no-neck stunad in a wrestling match, then bangs Linda Florentino. Oh, the dream! Come Spoiler true. alert! Spoiler alert! No, if you don't know, hey, 
the movie came out in like 87 so fucking yes. the, yeah your alert's spoiled so either way yeah i would honestly if there i would love i mean why not do like the michael phelps story you know just like mm-hmm. the, they do they have the surgery where he has the web feet and like you know all they show his breakfast where he would eat like 20 million pancakes and 50 waffles you that, know, like i want to see the carly Myers story to tell you the truth Ooh, that would be it's an the, engaging one it's the same it's 50 million pancakes and 20,000 <laughs> waffles <laughs> yeah 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 basically i mean yeah you and phelps are pretty much uh yeah i mean same story really we're it's really he stole my story he stole the right story (laughs) yeah i would agree the carly phelps story Mm -hmm. so okay so let's start then with some jobs so you're in high school you're swimming full-time but because you were swimming full-time you're able to work as a lifeguard in high school is this right yeah, I started before high school. Uh, well, I guess, yeah, lifeguarding was the high school. But yeah, I worked at a pool most of my life. Did any seven-year-old boys ever pretend to drown so that they could make out with you? Or is that just Ooh, in the movies? Great question. It's, great question. It's only in the movies. It's only uh, strictly in the movies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so either way. Um, okay, so uh, I remember you were a lifeguard at Hatfield Pool, right? Mm-hmm. And I do remember that one day me and Peter Hosen came to the Hatfield pool to hang out and oh, see you. And yep. you and Pete, Pete challenged you to a race where you cheated and got disqualified. <laughs> and Pete won. I don't remember the cheating going on, but I think I've erased that from my memory. I, I think. Uh, now, Carly Woodmouth, I, I, I remember, I was like, oh, I, I swam for this good team, but I remembered how bad, I didn't remember how bad I was. And then I got into the pool, and <laughs> I think by the time I took one stroke, you were all the way down. Um, I mean, pheasant run, you needed to step it up. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of, I had a lot of personal best ribbons. Oh, <laughs> all right. Nice. I feel, I, like feel the... I understand that, Pete. I, I, I hear you. Look, mom, it's blue. I won. No, no, that just means you did your best. Is the personal best ribbon like the equivalent, like of a participation trophy? Absolutely. <laughs> I know, but you you did improve. But... Yeah, but it's year over year. So as you grow, like no one actually gets worse. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, even the worst don't get worse. So you'd hope not. It'd be like, oh, look, you got taller again. Here's the ribbon. Like, oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's the equivalent. <laughs> so nice all right so yeah so like i said you're lifeguarding there so mm-hmm. you started lifeguarding while you were still in high school what kind of things were you learning as a lifeguard and what kind of like how did you get the job and what kind of training did you have to get to be a lifeguard oh my god so i mean you're 15 and you're like you basically learn that you're someone else's life is in your hands it's so yeah, scary how about it? yeah someone's um, child <laughs> yeah someone's kid is in your hands and are they drowning did they hit their neck? Do you have to back? Oh. You know, it's crazy at 15. It's crazy. So, um, yeah, no, we, I mean, we trained, it's a cup, it's several months of training. You're there for multiple hours. You have to do a bunch of tests and practical stuff. And it's like, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you don't need most of that stuff once you get the job, but right. But I mean, for luckily, insurance purposes, you have to have it. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. you'll never need it. Hopefully you'll never right. need it. Yeah. Yeah. But so, okay. So like you have to go through the testing and like, you know, like you have to get certified before you can get the job. Once you get certified, they're like, okay, you did the CPR gimmick. You did the swimming gimmick. You did the fucking surfboard gimmick, like all that fun stuff. Yeah. And then, so what is a day in the life like 
of a lifeguard? Like, how does it work? A day in the life of a lifeguard at Hatfield Community Pool was you show up at 11.30. The pool opens at noon. There'd already be the crazy people out down the sidewalk with their tubes and their coolers full of PB&Js. And so you get there and you put out all the stuff, the tubes and the first aid stuff. Were people and, fighting over like the good spots all the time? Oh my like the God, good yeah. bench. Oh wow. Absolutely. So you're great. So like before the day even started, you're like, all right, look, only one of you can have this bench. Someone else has mm-hmm. got to go to the table, fucking figure it out. Isn't the yep. end of the world. Wow. There were okay. cool spots in the grass and not. So anyway, you set up the pool, you do all this other stuff, um, you know, just to get the pool ready and then you open and then you're, you rotate through chairs and then you just kind of sit there and make sure nobody drowns. Okay. So what's a rotation? Like how long are you on the chair? You're there for 15 minutes and then you bump to the next chair and then you bump to the next chair and then you come down. So it's three 15 minute rotations and then you're down for 15 minutes. Um, when I so, was a kid, I, it felt like a lifetime. It was like an hour in each chair. I thought that they were up there, well, but it's only 15 yeah. minutes. <laughs> I mean, we, in the, in the dead of summer when it's 95 degrees, it's 15 minutes because they don't want you, you could fall asleep. I mean, it was so freaking hot. Uh, so you get up, you walk around, now you're scanning a new area, new kids, you know. You can't get like used to anything because that could be somebody floating or sinking to the bottom. <laughs> but, oh, wow. They want to keep you moving around so you'll yeah. keep paying attention. Yeah, Does you that work? Alert. Does that work though? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. Okay. But so then if you were lucky, so right, then it starts to die down at the end of the night, six, seven o'clock, all the people go home. And then there's like this one lucky rotation that ends up getting 30 minutes somewhere and you'd have to fight to you had to plan early like at noon you had to plan out the rotations in your head to know by seven o'clock i'm going to be the one that gets the half an hour breaks Uh, it's a whole system system. so there'd be some fights over who went where oh wow so like look you like so you're like look i'm starting on chair two because i know when it comes to like nighttime i'm going to be the one that's out the whole time what if there's like no one at the pool? Do you close or what's the deal? Um, sometimes we'd get sent home. I mean, I worked like a dog, so I never went home. But like a, um, what? A, like a dog. Like a dog. Like a dog. And so like a dog. Like on the slow days, you know, we'd swim around, play around, goof off, prank call other pools. There's like this. a rivalry? Oh, yeah. Okay, so here's the best thing we used to do. I won't say any names about who did this, but we'd call other neighboring pools. And like, like let's say... Was, pool? Maybe. <laughs> so, um, no, so like if it was like a rainy day, right? And we knew nobody was coming to the pool. Yeah. But we'd call another pool and we'd be like, hey, we got a you know, busload of kids. I know it's raining, but we're still coming. So then they'd keep all their people on. We'd, oh. say, we'd, we'd <laughs> say there's 30 people coming and there was nobody coming so you know we'd prank call them or we'd you know we, we communicate with like air horns so you can hear if there's a rescue so we'd you know they'd answer the phone and we'd just be like boop 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 in the phone oh. so we'd do that kind of stuff See, I kind of oh. like that prank because I feel like now you're giving people overtime and they're not even yeah. working. They're just did, chilling there like when it's raining oh, now. Like, it yeah, was, let's get, get your cheap hours did it, was, people... it was so fun <laughs> Did people do that to you guys too? Oh no, we no, we set we set the precedence. No, wow. nobody nobody. Matt, those four streeters weren't clever enough to pull those kinds of pranks. You son yeah. of a bitch! 
<laughs> no. They were too busy dealing with miscreants like Ron Scott Lesky. Um, I remember. Yeah, no, we, it was fun. I remember when, so like when, I guess, so there's like a, I, I bet you saw this. Was there like a, like a time period where you would see a kid, let's say they're like third, fourth grade, fifth grade, they're coming to the pool. You see them like every summer and they're just like a normal kid, like having fun. And then like sixth grade, seventh grade, they started acting, trying to be cool. Then like seventh grade, eighth grade, they're like, oh, I want to be badass and get in trouble at the pool and like yep. get kicked out and benched. Everyone wanted to get oh, benched. Oh, everyone wanted to get benched. Yep. Yeah. So you want um, to be the cool guy that got benched, right? And then, Oh, yeah. They were so, the cool kids. Oh, yeah. Oh, don't, don't get like, uh, there's a neighborhood legend in uh, Lansdale, in Fourth uh, Street neighborhood of Lansdale, where there was a 13 person bench one time. And I was part of it. Just to let you know, for all you four streeters listening out there, I still remember the 13 person bench. Shout out. Hey, so, you guys want to be cool? Why don't we just go sit in the hot sun and not go into the pool for a while? <laughs> <laughs> well, we got benched for wrestling in the pool. So, you know, but everyone was like doing stunners. And I remember I gave Tommy Byers uh, the razor's edge that kind of put us over the edge. But either way, you guys were the reason we have adult swim, which I hated as a kid. Oh, we my. Isn't exact. it the worst? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Adult That's the swim. worst 15 minutes. Nothing worse than adult the swim. The only time I – so we had the same content that Fez run benching. I got benched one time, and it was because I went into the bathroom when they started adult swim, came out, jumped into the pool, and like, you jumped in the pool. I'm like, have I ever caused a problem in my entire life? Like, oh, why am I going to start doing it now? Yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. still angry about that. I remember it. It's like it scarred me. <laughs> yeah. So run. I hope you're listening. Yeah. So either way, so like I remember, yeah. So I I was one of those kids that wanted to be a badass and getting benched at the pool and whatever. But that kind of phased out for me in like seventh, eighth grade, because then eventually you move on to like other things. But Ron Scott Lesky, I think, hit that late because he was in like tenth grade, ninth, tenth grade, (laughs) and he's like getting kicked out of the pool for like two weeks at a time, and then like you know. Yeah, he want, He was like, dude, I'm going to go down the slide head first. Watch, they're going to get mad at me. And I'm like, dude, what? I don't even want to be here. Like, I'm trying to go somewhere, you know. But that was it. Yeah, like, I, like, I got my older brother getting me, like, beer. We're, like, heading out in, like, five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, we got a lot of other things. You should see Pete's trunk. It's a whole mess going on over here. But so, okay, so you were benching kids and doing the whole thing while you were, you know, while you're having fun being a lifeguard, what would you say was your favorite part of being a lifeguard? Oh man. Um, okay. Not necessarily in this order. Um, being tan. Right. Number one. Chip witches. Oh, big, big time, big time witcher of the chippy. And, chip. <laughs> um, didn't Mo like the snack stand? Mo did work the snack stand. Shout out, Mo. Um, hi, Mo. I'll make sure he listens to this. Shout um, out, Mo. Hey, great dude. Hey, Mo. Hey, if you want to be a guest, let me know. Um, I'll tell him to come on. Um, I uh, no, I don't know. I work with some pretty awesome people. It was it was fun yeah. every day. Yeah. Like, who can say that about work? I, I mean, it was really fun. I, yeah. I, Look, I enjoyed working at a deli in high school. I can only imagine how much fun it was working at a pool. <laughs> yeah. And you're there <laughs> totally. with like a bunch of other like kids your age, you know what I mean? And like, yeah, there's probably, like a awesome. couple older kids that would like take you under their wing and like hang out with you. And you're having like the pool parties and things like that. Like, yeah, 
That mm-hmm. does sound like a blast. That would be, that's just another awesome. part of the Carly Myers movie that's going to make it a big hit. You know, you can yell at adults like Cheryl, you cannot save the chair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 My favorite part was yelling at adults. I love that. Oh, uh, you love yelling at everybody. That's true. That is true. Uh, okay. All my yelling at people. Yeah. That's her whole that's life. That's why she's a personal trainer now, folks. Yeah. 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 They call her old Drill Sergeant Myers. <laughs> so, yeah, we feel really, really, uh, really feel for your husband. I'm sure he's just... Didn't well, realize they uh, piled stacks of shit that high, Lavelle. Five more push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to use that in the gym next time. Yeah. I've been using, uh, when I'm like teaching boxing class, I'll yell at them, I'll call them turkey farmers. I don't know where it came from, but it fucking works. Mm. That's turkey farming sons of bitches. That's what I call them. Yeah. So, all right. So let's keep it moving. So you're a lifeguard. And then were you a swim coach in high school or did that, was that in college? I took over. I, I started coaching the summer after I graduated. Okay. So like, a in, quick, quick. yeah. So Carly, when, when you were getting recruited for college, how does that work in swimming? Cause like, I know it's like a timed event. Like did coaches come out and see you swim and like, look at your stroke or was it just kind of like, we got your times and this is who we like. Like how, how did that process kind of work out? Cause I've never really heard the recruiting process on the swim side. Yeah. It's, that's what coaches, I mean, at least, yeah, that's what they do. They come out and watch you swim. Um, you know, they'll come to a meet or pr- probably like at the end of your season, like they'll watch, more so like your junior year, because, you know, swimming, wrestling is kind of the same. By the time you're done, you're basically already know what you're doing next year. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they'll come out and watch you swim or like you reach out to a school or they reach out to you. And then you, you know, you send them your info. Yeah. Yeah. So you send them your info. And then if they're interested or you're interested, you set something up and then you go on a recruiting trip and see if you like the team. But, yeah, they, they come and find you primarily and like i guess my other question is like so like in wrestling like sometimes you know like i'll have a kid that started wrestling late so like not that he he didn't win states or places states be like oh this kid did better than a guy that had been wrestling for three years it, it does that happen with swimming where like you're kind of like okay this person doesn't have the best time but they've only been swimming for two or three years and they made it to states like they didn't win but if you, if you kind of oh, extrapolate yeah. what you think they can do yeah yeah no you have to extrapolate that's a good word um i uh that's exactly what you do though. Like you have to imagine like these people's bodies haven't been put through the shit that you just did for the last, I mean, even if you swim since you were five, but you got to think high school and before yeah, that, it's a whole different game. You start What's picking the... it up a little bit and your body gets beat up. But if somebody's new and that good, yeah, I would jump on that. There's so much potential there. What's the, what would you say is the most prevalent injury in swimming? Rotator cuff tear. Oh, the shoulders. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. 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 I could see that. Not the legs, not the knees, nothing like that. No, no, Hips. no, no, because no, it's it's overuse. Like it's everything yeah. forward. So and you're doing. And is there a certain thing. stroke that leads to it? Like, is there one stroke that's more dangerous than the other? I mean, it's. Uh, I, I, I mean, butterfly. you can name it. It's butterfly. It should yeah, exist. Yeah, I, was the I mean, I was a but, I was a butterflyer, but you know, and that's oh, you know, a, but a I, fellow <laughs> flyer, eh? But yeah, I mean, I, I can speak to it. I mean, I have two torn rotator cuffs. So. Oh, did you really? Um, Jesus Christ! Yeah. So it's it's. Uh, I mean, but you kind of obviously they're not as drastic. I never got them fixed or anything, but you kind of just learn to live with it. But um, yeah. yeah, no, definitely swimming. Everything's overuse forward yeah you know re- repetitive motion type of thing nice and one last question on something why does brush stroke exist 
competitively. Wasn't I, it? <laughs> well, hold on. Wasn't like so, it's by far the slowest stroke. Well, right, no, Yoga. but I was. I thought it was this. So the breaststroke was in, was uh, originally designed because the military used it to swim with a pack and rifle on their back. That's how they would swim. Would be the breaststroke. Oh, I never knew that. I think that's right. I mean, fucking research it. Let me know. But I think I mean, your boy, old Uncle Maddie, just dropped some fucking knowledge real quick. I, I, I feel like just I just saying. got fooled. And I, I listen to everything I read on the internet, so I'm just going to believe this. Yep. Um, <laughs> People <so>. should. <clears throat> but everything I think, on no, the internet I, is true, including this podcast. Because I think, yeah, I believe, yeah, well, this podcast never lies. Ever. That is true. <laughs> yes. So, um the but i believe the breaststroke was uh originated to swim with a uh, military swimming to swim with a pack and rifle on their back from yeah that makes sense it has a fu- so it had a functional use it's not like someone was just like let me see how slow i can swim and beat other <laughs> people yeah let me see if i can swim little, like a fucking stanat it's a little leisurely but it's a pretty powerful stroke once you get into like college and the olympics and stuff nice. it was my best stroke so it was the stroke i lost the the least at all right, Peter. I heard you're pretty good at the breaststroke. <laughs> well, you're married, so you don't get to do that anymore. But either way, uh, so let's keep. Oh, okay, so before we move on to you swimming in college, I do want to talk about this because this is something that we'll probably. Well, I don't know if we'll ever see it again. But you were also. Did you guys win the state championship in water polo? Not my year. No. Because I, yeah. I know you came runner up, and I remember seeing a picture of uh, Slorce with these two girls that that were on the eventual state championship team, where Slorce is like five two, and these girls were like six four each, and they were oh. playing water polo, and they were like just the just, twins, I believe so, redheads, I believe. Oh my god, yeah, good memory. Um... But they were just like I just remember because <laughs> those were like because you guys like yeah, who's gonna like what the fuck. Right? Are we they playing were, like oh the my mountain god. They, they haunt they literally are the mountains. Yeah, they were from Cumberland Valley. I'll <laughs> never forget. I can't remember their last name, but they were frightening. Not yeah. a lot scares me. And these women, they they scared me. Yeah. So <laughs> they what, were intense. So, well, I can imagine. So can you kind of I don't really know the rules of water polo. So what's the deal? So I know it's like I know it the object of the game is to score a goal, right? But how how do you like yeah so what is (laughs) what what was that i said hashtag sports oh dynamite (laughs) dropping so uh either way so but i know yeah so i know the object of the game is to score a goal but what is so do you have to swim the whole time like what are the rules okay so like how does it start all right so it starts with a face-off and so whoa 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 yeah that'll pump you up well, like hockey? Okay, not a face-off, a swim, a swim-off. A jump ball? Um, wait, wait, you... so they put the ball in the middle and you got to swim to it? Like dodgeball? Exactly. Dodgeball in the water? Yeah, so you drop it in the middle and then, you know, you have your sprinters on the outside. You you line up across the the pool. Yeah. They blow the whistle, you take off, you put your sprinter on one end, they get to the ball, they pass it back, and then you just maneuver down the down the pool like like soccer or like anything. Are you allowed to like if someone's so but so do you have to hold the ball and swim at the same time? Yeah, so um you you palm it. I mean this is if you know if you're if if you're decent. Right. 
on the ball. Yeah, not, not for scrubs. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not for slubs, no. So you no. you swim like this. You know, I don't know if you guys can see me. I'm demonstrating it. So <laughs> we no, can no. see. Oh, yeah, we no, can see. I, it, no, no, what, just, yeah. no Wait, I'll describe it. She's swimming. No, you, no. You what's palm? the name of this stroke, the normal stroke? What's the freestyle. original stroke? So freestyle. You're, it's like you're swimming freestyle while palming the front ball. Paul right. for our European audience. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> the front, yeah. Old PD cultures over here. Um. Yeah, so you palm the ball and you swim that way. Otherwise, you put it in front of your face and you kind of it just kind of bobs in front of you while you swim head up like a Tarzan. Oh, oh, I see. Okay, yeah. So you're, but okay. So say you have the ball and I want to get the ball. So do I just come over and like try and take it out of your hands, or what's the deal there? Yeah, I mean you can. I mean one of my things I like to do is swim up alongside somebody and then I slide my arm in, I match their stroke and then I flick the ball out of the center, like out of their space. I Whoa. flick it in front of me. Whoa. Are you allowed to touch the walls or the floor? No. Oh, wow. So no, you can't yeah. touch. So if you touch the wall, is that like out of bounds and the person gets like, yeah. even if you don't have the ball, you're not allowed to touch the wall. Nope. Man, and you're not allowed to touch the floor either. So no, I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of the older pools were like, you know, North Penn wasn't deep enough, for instance. So we had to kind of sit on one leg and like tread water. But, oh, that sucks. But normally, it's it's deep, it's deep, deep. It's both both sides. Now, Carly, I I heard yeah. a nasty rumor. I don't know if this is true. Do people like at high level? Uh, it's probably polo, true. <laughs> do they sharpen their toenails to kick each other? Oh, I thought you were going to go worse than that. Okay. Um, what? Wait, there's worse? So answer this, and then we'll go on. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to this, and then we'll, we'll extrapolate. No, well, so they actually, they check your nails in water polo, primarily your fingernails, <laughs> not not your toenails, but I've gotten some pretty, you get some nasty slices from people's toenails. Really? But, um, but there's a fingertip check before you before you play. So they check your fingertips. They're not checking the tootsers, which is fine. What's another nope. nasty thing? Biting, uh, hair pulling, leg. Well, leg you're wearing hair a pulling. cap. Oh, you wear a cap. Okay, so no. I mean, hair you got to think. I mean, you know. I mean, you know. I know what goes on. Your a lot of your body's underwater. So what you're grabbing and yeah, what can it, they see? Oh right, exactly. wow! So, so guys are getting kicked in the in the plums and everything. <laughs> he was plum surprised when it happened. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, exactly. So there's all there's all kinds of that stuff going on, you oh, know. But man. you kick them in the kick them in the stomach or grab or pinch people where they don't want to be grabbed or pinched, or maybe oh, they do. I don't God. know. Um, wow. Yeah, it's intense. Like that is a sport. I don't think people realize how how tense it get. And I'm just like, we need more water under cameras to make this sport a bigger sport. Because if people realize, it's oh, like, oh yeah, that's why the, <laughs> oh, yeah. the Olympics. The Olympics is awesome because you can see they have underwater cameras at the Olympics. So you can see, you know, what's going on. Do they show this stuff though, of like the Czech guy kicking the German guy, right. in the go hands and doing all that or what? I mean, it, it happens kind of quickly. So you're not probably seeing that, but. Could you imagine like you swim over there, right. And then you you go for the ball with one hand and then you nut tap them with the other hand or you kick them or knee them. Oh yeah, I'm thinking like so you, you get you you get checked for oil. All of a sudden, you find a, oh. a thumb somewhere it's not supposed to be. You're yeah. like, okay, yeah. I didn't, I don't care about the sport that much. Yeah, and like plus two, like literally, they're wearing the least amount of clothing there the is least when they're playing. Of yeah, <laughs> is that like a thing for men swimmers? Like the smallest speedo you can get? It's 
Yeah, it's if you're the guy in the big speedo, it's you're, it's weird. Wow. Like okay. if you have like full, yeah, like full coverage, like it's big. It just it just looks it's weird. But wow. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's typically I mean, pretty small. I always thought it'd be the other way around, but you know, I'm just an American. What can I do? Yeah. But I remember for the females, I remember you saying like you guys would always go like a size smaller on the swimsuits, and you'd have to like help each other like put them on, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, and, and water polo suits are rubber, so you oh. can't grab them. So you they get zipped oh. up. So the, the material doesn't stretch, so you have to pull it and make it real tight because you can't grab somebody's suit. There's no stretchiness to it because otherwise you get not you get dragged around. Yeah. Yeah. So they have to big, be rubber and yeah. like real thick. Yeah, the mountainous daughters would have been you throwing you yeah. around the damn pool. Oh my are, god. They were what what uh what would you say like okay. But are you allowed to be physical in water polo? Like, are there elbows fucking flying and stuff? Like, what's no. going down? No, it kind of, and that kind of, like, takes away from, like, the integrity of the game. Like, it's not, yeah, you know, like, it's, you're supposed to play. Like, right at, at this point in the game now, you know, whatever, 15, 20 years later, it's, you're supposed to play the game. I mean, it's pretty physical, and it it's back before it, it was kind of physical, but... Yeah. I mean, pretty physical, but now it's like, you know, they want you to play. So if you get physical, yeah. it's, you're kind of done. So I guess that's the question is how, is there, how do they enforce it? Or is it just more of like a gentleman's agreement? Like, Hey, we want to play the game. Let's not get out of it. Like, is it, are the refs like hardcore on enforcing it? Like, is there penalties well, like in hockey? Is it fouls like in soccer? Or is one of the is rules it just no more... attempting to drown? No, <laughs> that's the goal is to not drown. But I think now you kind of just realize refs don't call everything. So like, they'll let a bunch of shit go. And so yeah. then you're like, oh, this attempt at faking a foul or faking an injury or whatever isn't working. You're not just going to keep wasting your energy doing that. You're just like, all right, I'm going to play. Oh, I see. Because so they'll, they'll just let stuff slide and then you just end up getting your ass kicked because you're you're hyping something up to look like you're getting the crap kicked out of you and hype up a foul, but they're not going to call it. They're just going to let you go. No. So LeBron James would not do well in water yeah. polo. Mm-mm, no. Any European soccer players would not be very good. So, <laughs> all right, nice. So I will say this. That is, like, legit. That I mean, I'm trying to think of it now. I couldn't imagine swimming, right, and then trying to, like, throw a ball fast. That's, like, the size of a volleyball, right? It's pretty, like, yeah, trying, it's pretty big. Yeah, and it's, like, not light. Like, trying to do that while wading in the water, that's a legit skill, you know? Yeah, it's pretty intense. Yeah. Are you allowed, like, say I'm near, like, if me and Pete are on the same team, am I allowed to go to Pete and, like, push off of him and and throw? Like, if I, to get myself out of the water, like, use him to, like, raise myself up and then throw? Or is that not allowed? No, you, you use your legs to propel yourself up. So you tread water. Yeah. And then, you know, your legs and your, your abs and everything are real strong. So you kind of propel sure. up and you're, you know, you get up to, like, your belly button out of the water and then you fire into the goal or a pass or whatever it is. Pete, what were you going to say? Um, uh, I was just going to say that that's the kind of stuff that I love in the Olympics is like, it's the water polo. It's the cross country, like shooting games. It's all this stuff I never see before. So that is coming up soon, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. Tokyo 2021. What is, um, okay. When's the last time you played water polo? My late twenties. I played on an adult league. That was, it was humbling. It really? Was, oh, it was, it was rough. Was it a, was it a co-ed league? <laughs> Yeah. Oh wow. So it's yep, it's co ed. You yeah, you play uh every Sunday down at Villanova and I just got my butt handed to me all the time. And practices are at like nine o'clock and it's like that's not yeah. for me. Yeah. I've been going to work before five like forever and I couldn't do it. 
Yeah. She uh, she retired the nail file. It's those days are behind her. I, I would love <laughs> yeah. to get back to it, but I'm retired for now. <laughs> she hung up the swim cap and called it a day. Mm. But nice. All right, fans, time for breaking the action to bring back one of our favorite segments. This is Give It a Shot with our good friend Bob Quinn. If you're sick of wasting time surfing on a streaming service, finding nothing, then going to another streaming service and doing the same damn thing, then you need to start giving shit a shot. On this new segment, Give It a Shot, Bob will give us some suggestions on what to watch so you stop wasting your time surfing and start enjoying those subscriptions that you're stealing. Bob, give us a shot. Coming at you from sci-fi and Netflix. This week we're going to do the TV show The Magicians. This isn't your standard Harry Potter story. These kids are real. And this story is real. This college is crazy. What I'm saying is, give it a shot. All right. That was Give It a Shot with our good friend Bob Quinn. Now, back to the show. Nice. All right. So, okay. So let's keep it moving. So you were, so when you were in high school, you swam at a very high level. Then you got a full scholarship to swim at the Indiana University of Pennsylvania, right? So you went to swim there. Uh, in how did you like swimming in college? What was your? Uh, I loved it. Really? Yeah. I mean, it was it was well. First of all, coming from a good school like North Penn prepared me for college. Right. Right. Um. So I can't say, I mean, it was a different type of intensity, right? Like you're on your own, like you're managing school and living on your own and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I mean, but it's still a lot. Like it's, you know, three, four hours a day and Saturdays yeah. and whatever. Traveling um, and traveling, missing school. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I loved it. I mean, it was, I, I loved every second. I was happy so, when I was done. Like my body was done, but yeah, <laughs> but, but I loved it. Yeah. So, uh, so as far as physical challenges go, I do remember this. So correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, we're the Indiana Indians chiefs of the night. We're tough sons of bitches and we love to fucking fight. Heidi tidy, God almighty. Who the hell are we? Zip zam. goddamn, We're IUP. Am I right? Oh my God. <laughs> what? How Don't do you know. know? Don't Woo! know where that came from, but fucking that might supersede the Chippendales physical challenge. Woo! So I'm saying, people, this is what this podcast brings you. Everything. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, that's, that is cream. impressive. Well, you know, I mean, I've never heard that from a woman, so that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, that, is, that is the that is the cheer. Although they're not the, you know, they can't be the Indians anymore. But um, oh shit, <laughs> that got taken away. <laughs> Did it really? What yeah. are they called now? Do you know? Uh, they're the Crimson Hawks. Ah, fucking stunards. Yeah, <laughs> we went through fucking... a lot of changes when I was there, but yeah, no, that's that's their that's our chant. It's pretty awesome. Nice, nice. And I'll tell you what, that's a fun school. And like, were you guys competitive in? Because what are you? Were you D one or what was the level? No, we were we were D two, and um, yeah, I mean, we were pretty competitive. I mean, they're they're so awesome now i mean again like 15 years later but they're they're really really good they've come a long way but we went through like a lot of coaches when i was there we had oh, a, it was a shit storm of a coaching staff at, to start so you were like ended. a transition kind of school at the time right yeah i mean we were still we were still pretty good and i mean i i had a good career and i don't know i, I thought it was great so 
Wouldn't but yeah, change we were competitive. it. No, I wouldn't change it. Nice. That's fun. And like, what was, what would you say? So like, uh, was it year round swimming there? Like even in the off season, you still had like team, team training sessions and things like that. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, when we came home, we were expected to swim for ourselves. Some people did, some people didn't. Um, wow. But, uh, oh, wow. Fucking no names here. Jesus. Okay. You're not fucking <laughs> pissed about it. 12 years later. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, you know, I spent my summers like swimming, but no, when we got, when we got to school in August, you started swimming right away and we swam, yeah. you know, as soon as conferences or NCAAs were over, you take a week off and then you swim until the end of finals and go home and swim some more. Yeah. Yeah. So nice. yeah. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Yeah. It was great. A lot of camaraderie with the other athletes. Were, were, like, were we partying with the, uh, the other sports teams over there? Not really. Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was so much fun. I, I would go back in a second. I know that's so lame, right? Like in our, <laughs> but no. believe um, me, same, same here. <laughs> it's serious. It's true. No, we, we had so much fun. It was such a tight, our, our, the athletes were such a tight community. It, it made, it made all the difference. It was awesome. Would you say the same for you, Pete, when you wrestled at Drexel, tight-knit group? Yeah, and, and again, we hung out with all the athletes. So, you know, we hung yeah. out with lacrosse players, field hockey, you know, basketball, like swimmers. Like everyone just kind of – because we all went to the same study hall. So you kind of knew each yep. other. You had the same kind of a thing, you know. Yeah, you oh. ate at the same time. You slept at the same yep. time. Yeah. Um, it cool. was fun. Okay. Nice. Glad to hear. So, Okay. So let's keep it moving then. So you're swimming at IUP. It's the same old rigmarole. You're fucking knocking fucking dicks down and killing fucking motherfuckers with your swimming, <laughs> all that fun stuff. So yeah. you're okay. So when did, when was your, do you remember when your swimming career ended? What was it like 2006? 2000. Yeah. February, 2007. Okay. Nice. And you went out with a bang, fucking crushed it, killed it as per huge. I did so, go out did go out with a bang, yes. I won a conference nice. championship. It's pretty awesome. Oh, look at you. What was the conference, Carly? Uh it was uh we were in the PSAC conference, PSAC. Ah, the Pennsylvania State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yep. uh, so um and then yeah, so that was my that was my final year, which is pretty awesome. That's badass. Good for you. That's great. That's really yeah. great. Congratulations. For all boasters out there, uh, write your representatives and save the PSAC schools because they're a little bit of trouble right now because of a budget crunch, but we got to keep those PA schools going. Mm-hmm. Damn right. Damn right. Amen. So, okay. So let's keep it going. So uh, you graduate from college, you're done swimming, you come back to Lansdale, Pennsylvania, land of the free, home of the brave. And is this when you started working as a physical therapy aide? Yep. Yeah, almost. I yeah, I worked in a gym for a couple months before that, and then I I got my first like real job, probably six months after I graduated, maybe. Okay, so you're six months at you're working here. How long were you working as the physical therapy aide before you decided to start traveling? Uh, I was in that. I was there for nine years. Yeah. Oh lordy. Nine and a, yeah, it was a it was a long time. Yeah. But in the um, t- nine years you were there, you traveled to a bunch of places while working there, right? Pro- yeah, while I was there. I mean, the nice thing about that job is that it did allow me to travel because we were allowed to take, you know, we didn't get like set vacation so I could take what I wanted. But yeah, I mean, I probably went on my first big trip, maybe like right after college and then a couple more s- spread out through while I was working there. So that was nice. So, but yeah. I know, and, and it's the same for me. Like I really didn't get into traveling. I wish I would have done it more. 
Yeah, but, agreed, you know, I was working more. and yeah. But now that I have a kid, like I'm fucking never going to travel again. So, but for you, you can what, always watch the travel channel, Matt. Yeah. That's just it's like a nice a, alternative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, like it, but you know, it's kind of like watching the food network and getting hungry. At least if I get hungry, I can like eat something and watching the travel channel. It's like, can't just pack up and go to Dublin. You know? What yeah. I mean? If I just get the kiddie pool set up, put it in my backyard, put it on the TV, watch the travel channel. Oh, look at that. I'm in Bali. <laughs> look at you. All right. <laughs> oh, 10 buck two Petey Mac. There you go. So, Okay, so Pete's in Bali doing his thing. What was your like? What was one of your first big travel trips, Carly? Uh, my first big trip, I guess, was probably Australia. Whoa, um, down under, shrimp on the bobby. Yeah, how many times did you say that when you were there? Zero, as a matter of fact. <laughs> uh, I was in, I was in the most remote place in Australia you could ever imagine um it was not like in the middle of the continent like our it it was not in the middle but it was i was yeah i mean we we met a bunch we were eight hours south of sydney um it was like down the coast in a bunch everyone lives pretty close to the to the coast because that's where like all the resources are but yeah oh my god and it was winter didn't know that didn't realize that our seasons were flipped because i'm an idiot and um was it actually cold though or like do they have winter or yeah, really? yeah, it was probably it got down into like the 40s at night, and I was living in a box car for three weeks. Um, oh man, fudge! Yeah, so I froze my butt off. <laughs> what? What? Uh, hold on. So, how did you get hooked up with this trip? Like, there's no travel guide that's like, "Hey, box car tours," or what the hell All did right. you do? So here's how it went down. I I went to I went to a biology class, and I gotta be honest, I didn't really go because it was really difficult. So I just decided not to go. Sure. Um, my senior year and these two people came in and talked about this awesome trip they went on. It was called student volunteer or something. Oh, so and you were still out. in school when this started. Like this was, well, uh, I, I planned it. Yeah. And then I, I didn't go until after I graduated, but so yeah, somebody told me about it and then I looked it up later and I don't know why, but I picked Australia and then I flew to Australia by myself and I spent three weeks there and it was cold and remote and there was no electricity <laughs> <laughs> everything was like solar powered and like by fire it was crazy it was crazy oh but it was really fun God. What, yeah what, it was like, so fun great great experience oh Happy it was went. awesome yeah. yeah it was it was really awesome it was very cool what was your what would you say was your favorite thing about going there uh oh it wasn't the spiders that were the size of my hand i can tell you that <laughs> Um, yeah, those huntsman spiders. Oh, oh my oh. god! I mean, once I once I left the the farm that I was living on, um, I spent three days in Sydney, and that was that was pretty awesome. It was also my birthday while I was there. Um, oh. So cool story. It was my birthday, and then I flew home, and it was my birthday. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa. Um, Double dipping, like, Carly. For like a split second. <laughs> But it was pretty awesome. That is cool. That's a cool yeah. experience, though. The whole thing seems like it was fun. Like, you know, that's one of those countries where, like, people, you know, like, not a lot of people get to go to and, and spend time. And you seem like you got the true, like, you weren't just hanging out, going to all, like, the, the happy doo-wop kind of schmeckle oh, places. You were, like. no happy doo-wop where I was. Yeah. You were living in the bush, hanging was, out. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. I don't want to get too serious or deep, but uh, did a dingo eat your baby? 
He Ooh. no, it, I made it home dingo free. How uh, many Hensworth brothers did you see? Zero. What the hell? Oh, man, you really missed out. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it was it was it was awesome. Yeah, must be nice. Russell Crowe stopped by. All those guys. Not where I not where I was. <laughs> bummer so okay so is it true that everyone that's from australia is like ridiculously good looking not some i think where i was maybe these people had kind of been like living remotely for a while and it kind of showed should i say that a lot of meth. yeah a lot of meth no okay. not meth <laughs> just a little unkempt a little unkempt all right. i see all right so okay, nice. They were okay. uh, they were getting ready for the swim season. They were letting the hair grow <laughs> out. And, yes. <laughs> there you go. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. So okay. So all right. So you're you come back and you're still working in the physical therapy. And so when you were a physical therapy aide, you said you did that for like nine years. What was like a day in the life like for a phys- physical therapy aide? What was like? What would you do? Like you get up. And you go to the the place, the studio, yep. and what's your day like? What's going on? Um, what time are you getting up? I mean, I opened some days, so I was there at five thirty. Nice, nice and late. Um, and if anyone that worked with me is listening to this, they'll tell you it was five forty. So I was typically behind. Yep. Um. Aware. So yeah. So um, just to be clear, I was on time today. Um. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, anyway, yeah, so I get there, you know, you open the building and uh, when I first started, we were on paper charts. So, I mean, we were pretty, we were a pretty busy office. So we had, um, just hundreds of charts of people coming in that day and you would, you know, you'd take people through their exercises, check them in, meet with a the therapist, kind of work together to kind of carry out their care. Then we moved to computers. So then we just kind of travel around with our little laptops or whatever. And, and uh, Carly, was this mainly people with injuries, people with degenerative problems, like elderly? Like, was there a certain kind yeah, of clientele? You just... It was, it was everything. So it was, you know, young athletes with an ACL tear in basketball. It was, oh. you know, uh, young kids that like growth plates were weird and uh, adults who had surgeries, you know, weekend warriors, you know, guys playing basketball on the weekends, tearing their knees up, Yep, yep. you know, oh, wow. little old ladies whose backs were so bad. They were staring at their feet. You know, oh. all so over the place. I know, right? I, They're sweet. Another question. So, so I tore my uh, patella tendon a couple of years ago and had to do the, the – did you do the graduation where it's like your last day and you did, like, oh, do yeah. the class? Like, yeah. What on? What is – no. You have to do that. They, what is she, this? They break up – So, you, no, I mean, it. it's it's – I mean, some people are there for, I mean, I mean, months and months and months. So – but when you're done, you, they, we call it graduating and they, they graduate from care and they're moving on to like the next stage of their life, going back to the gym or going back to not the gym or whatever. Um, so yeah, we graduate, we give them a t-shirt, we take their picture. We say, Oh, we hope to not see you again. Um, it's probably the same everywhere you go, but, um, yeah, it's a nice yeah, little you, thing you to get celebrate. Up. Exactly. Yeah. You celebrate their success. That's cool though. That's fun. Yeah, like you got it. Yeah, you got to bring it up. Like, do you really, though? Like, so we said this before, one of the big things of personal training is you have to develop a relationship with your clients. When you're a physical therapy aide, how mm-hmm. much of a relationship are you developing with the clients? Like you do have like oh, a huge with them, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, your job is to take them through their exercise. But I mean, you know, these people come in and like a significant amount of pain, and you're there to take them through it. Like, it's terrible. 
or oh. sometimes they're crying or, you know, it's like, it's not always pleasant. So you have to be like the go between, <laughs> between the painful stuff and making it enjoyable. So. You can't just work out somebody's knee in silence. <laughs> no, no. You know, it's it's a lot of time, you know, with insurance, it's a lot of money. So you got to make it worth yeah. your while. So, I mean, but the success is worth it, though. Like, it's, it must be very rewarding to see someone come in who's like, because they, they have to be really depressed and really down at first and know, like, God mm-hmm. damn it, this is so, and it's really tough and it's really a struggle. So to be part of that journey and to help them get through that and then see the graduation reward at the end, that must be very gratifying work. And you should be proud that you're doing that. Yeah, no, it's, it's what keeps, yeah. And that's why I do what I do now too. I mean, it's the same, it's, it's a lot of fun. Now she's on the preventative side of it. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to that then. So like we said, uh, Carly Myers, personal training, the link will be in the description (laughs) for all her stuff. Look her up. I've heard, I've had a bunch of people that go to Carly that said is phenomenal and like really, really helpful and really good stuff. So make sure you check it out. Carly, where is your gym located? Downtown, downtown Lansdale. She's, off at, of Main like, Street? she's by like Main and Oak Drive, yeah. like right around. Okay. I, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm right downtown. So I'm by uh, the restaurants and the, yeah, the cross street is Wood, Wood Street. Yeah. Right on Main Street, right in the center of town. Can't miss me. Got about a 400 size font on the window with my initials on it. Mm-hmm. So if you see my name, you found the right place. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll, there'll be directions in the link and everything. So we'll have all that. So nice. So great. So, okay. So let's move on to that. So like we said, Carly, uh, you were at the physical therapy aid for like nine years. Then you decide schlep this schlep. I'm making my own place. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as I've known you, uh, You've always, I mean, you've done great with authority, just great. <laughs> so not having a boss must have been difficult for you. It was time to not have a boss. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 listen, in terms of challenges, if, if, if a challenge of having the fattest personnel file were a thing, I would win. Um, at my old place. So now at my old place, hence why I don't have a boss anymore. So now that I'm my own boss, I can just, so I don't have to respond to anybody. So, but is it worth it? Like, so I remember there was a bunch of years where a bunch of people had offered me an asshole, like been like, dude, you guys should open a bar. Like we'll back you like all this stuff. And I remember I worked at this place called Christopher's and Wayne. And I remember I went to the owner of Christopher's and it's a, you know, it's a, it's a mom and pop shop. And I went to the owner of Christopher's and I was like, Hey man, like what, what, can you give me some advice? Like, what about this? He's like, look, just know this. When you own a place, you work every day. Right. And you'll be at, if it's a bar restaurant, you're going to be there every day for the first five years. Just know that. So do you have that kind of experience now where like you're at your place now, like you're working like every day you have to work. Right every every single day every hour i mean we're lucky that we're busy enough that i have to do that but yeah i mean even i started out with a small place out on broad street in lansdale and then i moved to this new place and it's just when you sign up for commercial real estate it is yeah you're in charge of everything and then you wear all the intimidating when you sign that lease and you're like all right here we go right like you know today like my uh, yeah i mean today my like bathroom like, like I didn't have a bathroom for a few hours. Like, you know, that's my responsibility. <laughs> um, in addition to the marketing, the, 
the actual training, the responding email, like you wear yeah. all the hats, all the hats. Yeah. And uh, I, I mean, so this is just like, I, I you know, I, I was in the tax world for an accounting. Uh, I know a lot of times when you do commercial real estate, it's what they call triple net leasing. So it's like you're renting. Yeah. So you think, oh, I don't have to care about anything. But with a triple net lease, you're basically the owner. So it's like yeah. I get none of the benefits of being the owner, but I have all the responsibilities. No, that's I mean, it trip the triple net. I didn't I had no idea what that was. The first couple realtors I talked to would talk to me about that as if I knew what the hell they were talking about. And then I found out it's like it's just basically it means you get none of the benefits of owning it. And it's all this extra money they can charge you. <laughs> and yeah, it's a lot. Commercial real estate's a lot. It's a, it's intense. Commercial real estate is a racket. <laughs> it is a racket. It is. That's exactly what it, it. Wait, wait. So what is the triple lease gimmick? So like. You want me to explain this, Carly? Or yeah, sure, yeah, go for it, Pete. Please do. So n- normally, like, you either rent or you own, right? And the, the benefit of owning is that you own the property. That that's yours into perpetuity or until you can't make the payments. And the reason that you yeah. rent, the reason you rent an apartment, is because you don't have to care about the property, right? Somebody right. else, like if you, if you're problem. if you're plumbing, yeah, if your electric work that isn't working, you get them. With a triple net lease, you take on all that responsibility. So oh. basically, like if you want to change anything, the landlord doesn't do it. You have to fix it. If you're if you're yeah, if your plumbing breaks in your bathroom, you have to fix it. If your electrician doesn't work, you have to fix it. Like so, that's kind of the way it works. But it's all. They, but but it's but you're still paying rent. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you you don't own it. You're leasing it. But anything that you're doing to change the building or improve the building or fix the building is on the tenant. They pass all the liability uh, to you. Okay, so it's kind of like you're paying rent and everything, and you can do whatever you want to the building. You just, like, you don't have to ask the landlord. Like, you're still paying rent, but it's kind of like you have, like, the well, kind of... the thing is, there's to nothing to really ask the landlord about. Like, unless, like, the parking lot's screwed up. Like, if there's something goes wrong with the building, you kind of have to take care of it. Right. Oh, that sounds like... Yeah. Why the, I mean, I guess, I guess that's kind of a trap then, because they know you can't buy it. So if you can't buy it, they force you into the triple lease. So they kind of handcuff you. And then if something fucks up, you don't like, you still have to take care of it. So they really like, man, that, that is a fucking racket. Yeah. You, you really, you put your name on a, on a lot of stuff. I mean, my, my first place was one page. I basically subleased it. The, my landlord took care of everything. I just wrote him the same check every month. Now this is my lease is like 36 pages. <laughs> it's like uh, so yep. many addendums. <laughs> if the, uh. You know, now we had a windstorm last January and part of the roof blew off. So I would have like leaks in my gym all the time. So oh. that's not me. If the roof is not my responsibility because there's other things that use the building. Okay. Yep. But I had to pay more per month because our common area, the roof was more. So I had a, I essentially paid for it, you know, like. Yeah. Cause an increase in the monthly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we don't want to go to that. I, I just want I, I want people to I just want people to understand like owning a small business comes with a lot of like some people think like oh you know it's just like if you rent like you don't have to worry about this like you just say like it there there it, it's more complicated than some people think. Yeah, I think some people think that like when they write me a check at the end of the month, they think it's like going in my pocket and I'm going on vacation. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you're I'm like gonna take, I'm going to see gonna take ten five cents dollars. out of this. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to yeah. take my five dollars. And I'm gonna go fix a freaking bathroom that just broke. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess wouldn't trade it in though. I'm not meant yeah. to have a boss, so here I am. No, no but, yeah, I, I, and that, and, yeah. yeah. If, ahead, if you love what you're doing, that, that's the whole reason you do it. Like the trade-off is like, hey, no one's my boss. I'm my own boss. I love what I'm doing. Yeah, uh, you know. But we, we are we are big supporters of small businesses on the Working Perspectives podcast, yeah, the life part of America. Fuck yeah, mm-hmm. big time, big time, big time supporter, and like. People don't know this too. And I will say this 
when you go into something, either if it's your own business or like a creative venture or something where you're putting yourself out there, it takes a lot of courage and a lot of work to do that. And there's generally people that will want to shit on you to make themselves feel better because they're working some mundane bullshit where they're not happy and they didn't take a chance and they're too scared to put themselves out there and they want to shit on you. But it like you're having the courage to do that and you like working at it and committing that should be commended for you to have that kind of courage and strength to do that. Because not a lot of people do that anymore, but you being able to do that and like, you know, having the fortitude to stick to it. I very much congratulate you on that. Cause that's very something you well, should be you. proud of. No, you should be very proud of that, you thank know? You. And, and from it. what I no, yeah, you should. And like, from what I've heard, you do a great job, right? Like we did when we were researching you as a guest, right. And we talked to people that have been to your place and things like that. They fucking love you and they love your place. So you can't like, you know, the word of mouth really, I always felt was the best advertising. And that's kind mm-hmm. of what you get, you know, like you're really like, you know, you're the people's champ with this place. So you should be very proud <laughs> of what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So let's keep it moving. So um, when, so you own the own business, your own business, right. And you're working every day. What would you say is like, are you really like, you have like your work that you're doing, right? And like, if you just have like a normal work day, like that's just easy. Like you're probably just problem solving all day. Is that kind of right? Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Problem solving is a good, yeah. That's a good chunk of time. <laughs> problem solving. How much paperwork is involved? Is it endless? It's, and it's endless. It's non, Oof. nonstop. <laughs> Cause like you have your, your lease that's 36 pages and I'm assuming like your property insurance, then you have to have like, like, Oh, I get stuff. And- yeah. The, there's, there's insurance, there's liability, there's your own, you know, yep. you don't get, you got to insure yourself. You, like you don't get to, you know, you got your own stuff that you don't get that a normal job would. I get letters from, you got to get workers comp insurance. You got to get tax stuff, department of labor. I get so many envelopes. I'm not even, I don't even open them all. You don't have time. <laughs> I hope I, I don't even know what they all mean. I don't even yeah. open half the tape. I hope my accountant doesn't hear this. Uh, <laughs> As a former accountant, don't worry. We don't open most of our stuff either. It's all <laughs> Now it's something different every day between like bills and stuff that's changing with businesses and taxes and rules and whatever. And then the business, then the paperwork of my actual job is, yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, Carl, do you deal with like any medical insurance? Because I know with some gyms, it's kind of like, oh, you get a discount on your medical insurance if you go to the gym so much. Like, do, do any people come like, hey, Carl, we need you to sign our sheet so we can get oh, the yeah. credit with? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so oh, yeah, yeah, they they take advantage of that. A lot of companies do that, and they should because yeah. healthy yeah. people, you know, better at yeah. work. Yeah. yeah. Healthy people, healthy workforce. They do that yep. for my yeah for for uh, for my office job. If you go to the gym a certain amount of days in a year, then they give you like a they pay for it essentially. Right. So yeah. to all of our listeners, check with your uh, health insurance and see if you can get a little bit of a discount by going yeah. to Carly Myers. Yeah, yeah Carly Myers personal training. That's it. So nice. So like we said, honestly, and like you have a child and your kid is going to be like, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. They should be very proud that their mom has a, their own business and that can support and do all these kind of things. And like not, not to say that you shouldn't be proud of your husband as well. But like, this is something like you're leaving a legacy and that's really a great thing. So let's keep this going. Uh, I want to move on. So we went over pretty much everything. There's one last, one last couple of things we're going to do and I'm going to let you get out of here. So I sent you some questions, right? Yeah. So I just want to go over these questions 
right? And get some answers, and then I'll send you on your way. How does that sound? Okay, I'm excited. Okay. First question, what was your favorite movie at the age of 10? Oh, geez. Um, my favorite movie at the age of 10. Do I have to pick one? No, you can pick whatever. All right, not necessarily in this order. Mighty Ducks, Mrs. Doubtfire, Hook, and Newsies. Yeah, baby! <laughs> that is a killer list. I knew Newsy was going to be on there. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, fuck yeah, Jack Kelly, Spot Conlon, where you at? Nice. <laughs> All right, fucking that's a killer early '90s fucking list. I'll tell you. Yeah, that. it's that's when all the movies stopped. Past that, none of it matters. I think I was 34 when I realized that Dustin Hoffman played the Hook and Hook. Dude, same, <laughs> same. What? I was like. Yeah. Oh, dude. I saw. I so I saw. I remember I saw him in Meet the Parents, right in the second one, I think. And I was like, "Wait a second, that's fucking Hook, that guy, right oh there." My, yeah. Had no clue. Had no clue. That's just you know. That's the power of his art. He's fucking incredible. He's like one. Of <laughs> he is best. incredible. He's a really good Hook. No, oh, he's the best. He's there's no other Hook as far as I'm concerned. There's only one Hook, and it's old Dusty. Okay. Old so dusty. so okay. you said Mighty Ducks, Mrs. Doubtfire. Hook Newsies. Yeah. Okay. So moving on, what is your favorite movie right movie or TV show right now? Bohemian Rhapsody. You fucking oh! <laughs> that's asshole. a win for the good guys, oh, Matty boy. No, okay, kid. all right, all right. That's not that's not my favorite. Okay. Yeah, goddamn right it's not. It's nobody's favorite. Okay. Um favorite movie. God, I haven't seen a movie in so long. Thanks, COVID. It can um, be a TV show. <laughs> All right, all right. I'm really into two things right now. Yeah, I'm not Mary really like Easttown. a TV. Oh, duh. Duh. Um, so Mayor of Easttown. Love Mayor. Pete, have you seen Mayor of Easttown? Yeah. Have Have you guys seen the SNL skit Murder Dirter? <laughs> yeah, so good. <laughs> they murder my dirter. <laughs> um, so all right. So Mayor of Easttown, and then I recently got into homeland whoa 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 brody you just recently got into homeland yeah like i'm like episode eight season one so all right no spoilers we can't spoil but what's the name what's the name of the of the arab guy that had him as a prisoner abu nazir no no abu nazir yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> and and Carly, do you recognize Saul in the show? Do you know what Saul is from? Yes. Okay, yeah. I I don't. My husband said something about it and brought wow. him. Wow. What is you it? My name my is Intego Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Inigo Montoya, Princess Bride. Oh yeah, we just talked about that. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Hello. That's, yeah. My name is Inigo Montoya. Great, great movie. Mandy Patinkin yeah. is the actor's name. Great actor. Yeah, wow. Okay. Good, good so yep. here's a okay. here's something I found out when like I saw this somewhere. But apparently uh there's a scene in Princess Bride where they take the they take like the dread the you know Wesley or whatever to yeah. uh like a doctor and it's Billy Crystal. So yep. apparently Mandy Patinkin bruised a rib when holding in laughter in a scene with Billy Crystal so he didn't break. <laughs> yeah. That's how funny Billy fucking Crystal is. He fucking hurts your ribs. He okay. didn't say I love. He said uh, I Lorne. And uh, th- everyone knows that Lorne means to. The- <laughs> Dude, one of the best scenes in that whole movie 
when he's like, love's pretty good. But you know what else is pretty good? A good MLT, a mutton lettuce and tomato <laughs> sandwich when the mutton's cut just right. Fucking hysterical. You know what I mean? So, okay. So uh, we'll say Homeland and Mare of Easttown is your answers for right now. Yeah. Uh, yep. So if you could give yourself a nickname, what would the nickname be? Okay. So I didn't give this nickname to myself, but most people call me Car. If you know me past before a certain point. And then the rest of the world calls me Carl. (laughs) (laughs) And I I would like to say, I would like to give credit to a former guest of the show, friend of the show, the godfather of meat, Mike Finelli, for giving you that name. (laughs) That is true. I will never. Yep. And it just kind of stuck. And then in in college, somebody found out that somebody called me that. And then it stuck all through college. And then my work friends found out. And now here we are at 30 whatever. And people call me Carl. Yep, and you you went by Gnarls Barkley for a while as well. So there's a lot of the the name has taken on a life of its own. So yeah. So okay. So if you could host a TV show, which one would you host? It could be real or made up. Like for instance, like one of our guests, uh, former guest of the show, Rick Outland, said that he wanted to make up a show where he would travel around the world from like different bars and pubs and try like their local drink. You know, so kind of like the Anthony Bourdain thing where he was traveling and like trying their local stuff and like kind of like it was like a booze version of diners, drive ins and dives. Kind of thing. Well, I was just going to say anything food related like a, I love Triple D. That so diner- dude, fucking duh. God, best job ever. God, I, I would love to host that show. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind like a guest spot on like Wheel of Fortune or something. Um, so, well, that's the next question. So the Pat, the Pat spot, not the Vanna spot. Oh, ah. Pat Sajak. <laughs> okay. Obviously. Yeah, that's well, we knew that because we're not male misogynist pigs, so we right, wouldn't think that you would want to be Vanna. Yeah. So even though fucking <laughs> Vanna White. So either way, um, okay. So you have uh okay, so you would host the price or you would host Wheel of Fortune or possibly a diner's drive-ins and dives. If you could be on a TV game show or something like that, what TV game show would you be on? Um, and just like any time, you could go from global guts all the way up to yeah. Survivor, oh, like anything. Yeah. Former okay, guest, well, former co-host of the show, a Shake, aka Snake, aka Judas, aka Backstabber, aka sold this place out from underneath me. Uh, he said he would have loved to be on the Gilmore Girls. Uh, I, I no, I'm not gonna go that far. Any yeah. show I want to be on is definitely a game show. I don't want to be sure. on another show. So yeah, I, you're not I, no fucking I, chump. Yeah, absolutely not. When I was younger, I thought for sure I would dominate Supermarket Sweep. Whoa! I just, I would. I just know that I would. And then... And She'd then get to that chlorine aisle smell and be like, all right, let's get this done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I know my um, time in this aisle. I don't know what I'll, I don't know what else I would do. Um, I like Supermarket Sweep. That's a yeah, good Yeah, I, I would be pretty good at that. All right, so Supermarket Sweep. So we'll stay with that. You can even go guys' grocery games, combine them up. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I would love it. I would love it. So, all right. So let's keep it moving. Next question. Uh, what is the biggest or coolest word you know the meaning of? It could be uh, a term from your profession. It could be something you found out along the way. It'd be a bunch of different things. Uh, the biggest word I know. Coolest or biggest word? Oh, well, I don't think they're one and the same. Um, True. I mean, most of the... If anyone asks me a question at work, most of the words I spit out are scientific. I think the the listeners of uh, this of this show will have heard by now just how much of a natural linguist you actually are. Oh, totally. 
Um, what's the coolest word I know? Oh, I don't know. There's definitely muscles that I spit out during the day that I hit us. Give us. I was one. always um, a big fan of phalanges myself. Whoa, good old phalange. Phalanges doesn't come up as much. Um, I, I always love. I always thought they were like. I was always wanted to start the trend of naming your children after a body part. Like I always thought a good name for a girl would be urethra. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of other body deference. parts I choose. You know, no. Why Why those? <laughs> um, yeah, any muscle. I don't know. Today I said the word latissimus dorsi, and somebody looked at me and said, uh, what the hell is what that? What the fuck is a latissimus yeah, well, dorsi? Learn something here. Science us up. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's your lat. It's like the big muscle of your back. Uh, you know, It's called your latissimus dorsi? There you go. Yep. I feel like you say that as like when like a mechanic or something says something about my car that I don't know. Like you're kind of right. just selling me bullshit. People people say, oh yeah yeah, they don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, like yeah. Matt, your uh, expedal catalytic fractional gaspiodosis is uh, loose. It's, we need yeah. to replace that, and he's yeah. like, all right, oh, I'll man. pay you an extra two hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> your lateral dalamingus is uh, it's leaking. So I mean, we got to <laughs> fix it. Yeah, you're three uh, phalanges short of a falafel. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Perfect. So, what was the term again? Lateris dalamingus. What is it? Yes, exactly. No, latissimus dorsi. Latissimus dorsi. It means your back, you fucking stunads. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, next question: What was the worst or weirdest day of work in your whole life? Uh, I don't know. A lot. Oh, I guess I'm thinking. I'm not even thinking about my current work. Any day. Any day. It wouldn't be the day that some stud came in and challenged you to a swimming race. No. Um, The worst or weirdest day. Yeah, yeah. That wouldn't be the weirdest. Um, Would it be the day that two idiots showed up at your job after running into a bird with their car? (laughs) Um, I mean, most of my days in Hatfield were pretty weird um okay the 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 weirdest okay one of the weirdest i left my job after nine and a half years unceremoniously okay i'll just say that okay and i thought i'd be real upset and i wasn't i was like the happiest ever and i think it was like real weird because i realized that i was at a job for nine years it probably was about eight years too long and (laughs) and it was and it was like yeah it was secretly the best day but okay well that was about the best day Yes, that was actually the next question. What is the best day of work in your life? All right. Well, the, I mean, I have, the, I have the best day every day because I, I do what I want for a living. But the best day was when I cut the ribbon on my new place. That's great. That's a great answer. Okay. So last question and we'll let you leave. So if you could, so out of all of the jobs you've had, out of every job you've had, if you could pick one of those jobs and live comfortably and like be able to support your family and all that stuff and you know whatever what job would you pick out of all the jobs you've had if you could like live and support your family and everything like that and live comfortably out of any of the jobs you've had what job would you pick i I mean i would definitely i would pick the job i have now because i yeah that's a beautiful thing but that's honestly honestly like i think you know you like that is the dream like i would love to have a job that I love doing you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I do I you know hopefully one day this thing will pay the bills because I do love doing this you know I mean for now I love doing it but eventually it's probably gonna you know some asshole is probably gonna ruin it for me 
but <laughs> you know like i would i think that's everyone should you know i think the world would be a better place if people did aspire to actually work at a job where they liked what they were doing you know that's yeah. why you deal with the triple net leases to be your it, own boss and it's yeah. worth it it's worth yeah. it yeah you wake up every day not having to deal with some asshole staring down your throat or like some inner office politics that could determine whether you get a raise, which could help you buy a house or some bullshit like that. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to, you don't have to worry about that bullshit. Like you can just do your thing, you know? Yep. I'm pretty lucky. Nice. That's awesome. Well, Carly, just remember luck is the residue of design. I like that, man. I'm I'm walking away from this podcast with a lot of good, a lot of good stuff. (laughs) I heard something today that, uh, money. So you work to, so, you oh god what is it so you do what you hate so okay so you you're not supposed Mm -hmm. like people do what they love for a job but other people do something they hate to get money to do something they love right so you know instead of people doing something they hate to get money to do something they love you're actually working at a job that you actually love where you wake up like happy to go to work that's something like i don't think i've ever i don't think i've ever experienced that in my entire life work to live or live to work you know that's the yeah. way <laughs> right. I would love. Yeah. I would love once to have that experience where I wake up happy to go to work. Yeah. That'd be nice. But you know, one day when Pete, you know, when Pete decides to finally make an honest man out of me, maybe that would be the day, but okay. So <laughs> either way, uh, we've come to the top of time here. Um, Carly, I cannot thank you enough for coming on the show. This yeah. Thanks been- for having me. This has been awesome guys. This has been really great, really fun. And I know me and Peter are usually on board with this, but we would love if you would come back on the show. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. That's great. Okay. So many more stories to tell. We have a lot. (laughs) Some embarrassing ones. So either way, um, this has been, so we're at the top of time. This has been another episode of the Working Respectors Podcast. Uh, Carly, anything you'd want to say to all the people listening before we take off? Uh, no, thanks for listening, guys. And, and if you're ever coming down Main Street in Lansdale, stop in. Yeah, Carly Myers, uh, personal training, personal fitness, personal training, personal training. Yep, Carly Myers, personal training. Like I said, we'll have a link to her stuff in the description as well as the address so you can Google it and then stop by anytime to bother her and ruin her bathroom. All right, <laughs> perfect. So, uh, <laughs> Party boy Pete, my heterosexual life partner. What do you got to say to the dozens and dozens before we take off, pal? Just uh, support your P-Sex schools, everybody. IUP, Bloomsburg, uh, Edinburgh, Lock Haven. There's a bunch of other P-Sex schools out there. We got to keep them going. So support your P-Sex. Yes, amen. Thank you, Pete. Support, support P-Sex, baby. We love that. Okay. So this has been another episode of the Work Inspectors Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle. He's party boy Pete McCormick. Our guest today was the one and only Carly Aaron Myers. You can find our show on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Work Inspectors Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Work Inspectors Podcast and join us on the Twitter and the TikTok at Working P Pod. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, feel free to email us at workingperspectives at gmail.com. Uh, but this is the end of the show. Stick around for the ad read. All right. Thanks. See ya. Do you have a message or a story inside of you that you've been waiting to tell? Have you always dreamed of writing a book but are intimidated by the complexities of the book publishing world? Perhaps you want to use a book to launch your public speaking or consulting career. If so, 
please reach out to Scott and Bell Publishing, located right here in beautiful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Scott and Bell Publishing handle all genres and authors with all experience levels. Scott and Bell Publishing gives authors 100% creative freedom and a higher royalty split. They can be found at www.skotbell.com. That's www.s is in Sam, K is in Kite, O is in October, B is in Tom, B is in Boy, E is in Edward, L is in Larry, L is in Larry.com. That's Scott and Bell Publishing, where the authors go.